And now, Fruity's used copy of WWE 2K22 and Funders Half Eaten Snickers Bar present WrestleMania Weekend Wrap with Chris Funder and Fruity as Alex. Fruity, how you going, mate? I'm going good, but now we have to cut to a five-minute video recapping the career of me on this podcast. And go. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, I watched a lot. Uh, How much did you watch this past week? Uh, As of last night, I'm officially caught up on pretty much everything that matters. So I've done a bit more homework by the sounds of it. Uh, how many of the uh, 24 events from WWE, Ring of Honor, Game Changer and WrestleCon do you think you watched? Okay, so the last thing I got around to watching was NXT Stand and Deliver because I really didn't want to watch it. Um So I've watched all the WWE stuff, including the Hall of Fame Slash, uh, Mark Calloway presents a TED talk. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I felt like he was going to start selling us a bloody, oh, here's the new Apple product, the way he was going on about it. It felt like Steve Jobs walking up and down the stage. But yeah, anyway. The, the only thing I haven't watched yet is the Hall of Fame. Oh, uh, I mean... I'll go back and watch it tonight while I'm editing. Yeah, I, I mean, check it out. Like, Scott Steiner was very adorable. Like, it was very tame. But the, there was some fun moments. And, like, Rick Steiner's basically like, hey, Scott, we, we're only got allowed to have four and a half minutes. And you've just spent three minutes talking about Macho Man Randy Savage talking to a cow. <laughs> That's a uh, real thing that happened. Uh, <laughs> So we'll get there in a moment. Um, briefly outside of WrestleMania weekend, uh, uh, do you remember our game of likely unlikely? Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. AEW signs two or more Aussies or Kiwis on full-time contracts. Uh, how many we got over there now? We got two now. We got two. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Tony Storm debuting and oh, winning so in good. a Owen Hart qualifying cup match. Uh, yeah. yeah, really good. Uh, anything Perfect. else of note, like major note, you want to touch on from AEW? Uh, I mean, the major stuff I want to touch on basically is the ROH stuff. So we'll get there, I think. Yeah, um, I'm going to briefly just go through uh, all the events here because Alex. <laughs> yeah, we can play did I or didn't I watch. <laughs> because I have watched... 24 events, 181 matches, which is the equivalent of 61 hours. <laughs> My goodness. Okay, I think you've watched a bit more than me. Although, uh, I, I've watched a lot of The Collective yesterday. My God. Did you get WrestleCon pack this year? Uh, I didn't get the WrestleCon pack. Uh, okay, I thought you would have because your boys had a podcast on there live. I saw that on Fight TV. Ah, uh, fair enough. Because uh, I'm a Patreon thing, there was like a special code you got given. I watched that, and I watched the live podcast that um, Conrad Thompson did with Jeff Jarrett and Eric Bischoff with special guests uh, William Regal, 
and an incredibly stoned Jeff Hardy. <laughs> yeah, that one is also part of the uh, the WrestleCon pack. Yeah. So I'll go through these, and the days I'm listing are uh, US days, so it's a bit easier for everyone to keep track of uh, what's going on here. But we go to Thursday, event number one, Glory Pro Wrestling, Cemetery Gates. Did you watch? No, no. Okay, I think a lot of these ones I'm not going to say yes to. I'm not going to go through everything here. Um, I might post up on the Facebook um, because I have taken note of all my star ratings I did for matches out of five. I'm going to be putting them up on my grapple as well. My Uh, God, I I have a short list of matches of the weekend. (laughs) Oh, yeah, I've got that on here too. Uh, Yeah. So I thought this was a really good way to uh, kick off the weekend. Uh, this coming from part of uh, the collective. I gave this free beers a sold opener event. Very good. From there, event number two, Josh Barnett's Bloodsport number eight. Uh, did you catch? You know I watched it. <laughs> okay. Uh, uh, of note here, <laughs> Johnny has a new name, as he would have a few this weekend. Uh, yeah. Now... Johnny Bloodsport. <laughs> yeah, Johnny Bloodsport. Yeah, I, w- I wish they went just full meta with it and called him John Dukes, as in Frank Dukes from the um, Bloodsport movie. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, uh, very good. I'm, I'm fine with that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, my match of the night on here, there was a few standouts on here. I put uh, Josh Barnett and Jonah Mox and uh, Busick. Chris Dickinson and Suzuki, uh, as well as uh, Marcia Slamovic and Janai Kai were all standout. But I thought my match of the um, match of the show was Ninja Mac versus Yo-Yo. Oh, good. Okay, we can agree on something for a change because I don't yeah. think we're going to agree on our matches of the night in other cards. <laughs> but um, yeah, I I loved that match and it blew my mind when Ninja Mac took his mask off. Yeah, a voluntary uh, demasking similar to, oh, was it Psychosis or Hoovy at One Night Stand and the crowd or chant put your mask on? Psychosis, yeah. Yeah. Um, um, I loved that match so much. Um, and Moxley and Busick isn't that far behind it either. Yeah. Um, so I don't think I mentioned it. On Glory Pro, I gave uh, Jake something versus Maxi Impala uh, my match of the show. Ooh, uh, they had a match. That That's um, interesting. Overall, I gave uh, this show four beers. I thought it overall a good sp- uh, good blood sport. Nice. Yeah, I thought it was a good blood sport. Um, I will say, I don't think Josh Barnett's that good. <laughs> I, I think him and Jonah actually had a, a pretty good match. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, this was the best match I've seen Josh Barnett have. But yeah, I just don't think he's that great, and I don't get why this is his platform. <laughs> like, like mm-hmm. th- this should almost be, like, because every time this happens, every time Bloodsport happens, who's in the main event more often than not? Suzuki. Yeah. Or Mox. It's Suzuki or Mox, so why isn't it Suzuki's Minoru Suzuki's Bloodsport or like John Oh, Moxley's that would work Bloodsport. so well with his connection to Pancrase. 
Exactly. Uh, like, um, I, I would say there's more, just as much of a legitimate MMA background with Suzuki as there is Barnett. And I'd say the reason why it would work better with Suzuki is that he's actually a proven professional wrestler, unlike Barnett. Yeah, that's true too. Uh, did you say how many beers? I said four. Uh, four beers. Yeah, I'll give it four as well. That's a solid score. Fun show. Um, I think Bloodsport's fantastic because it is the perfect, like, it's about nine o'clock, pour yourself a whiskey and just watch some violence. <laughs> um, from there, we go to the first show of WrestleCon this weekend as AAA Lucha Libre invades WrestleCon. Uh, event number three of the weekend, did you catch this? I did not know this even happened, I'll be honest. Uh, like, I, I was away all weekend. I should probably give that um, bit of uh, context to the humans. I just realised I only said this on uh, off-air, not on-air. So I, I was away with the missus for the weekend. So getting to squeeze in everything, I had to, you know, run into a corner at a party to watch some bits of WrestleMania, and I had to catch up on mainly everything else after the fact. Yeah. That's that's fair enough too. Uh, so for me, my match of the show was the NWA World Tag Team Championship match: Bestia and Mecha Wolf, uh, the champions defeating Aerostar and Drago. Drago, Drago. Yeah, yep. I'm butchering that. Uh, also of note here, the opener: Christy James and Ryan Kidd versus the Natural Classics. What? Stevie and Tom Philippe. What? They were there? Yeah. Under the AAA umbrella? Yep. That's interesting. I didn't even hear about this. Yeah, yeah. Uh, really good opener. Um, if you can find... Uh, sometimes uh, Fight does um offer matches like the first 10 minutes of a show for free. So if this yeah. one is uh, for free in either English or... Um, Spanish because I watch this on the Spanish feed. Uh, go and check it out. I, I will for sure. Yeah. Uh, overall, two beers. I did find the English feed a number of days later, but by then I wasn't going back to watch the whole show in English. Um, so I did watch this in Spanish. Two beers. I found the language bar barrier to a hard two-hour watch, but overall, in-ring, really good. Awesome. Uh, also, of note here, I'm not sure if you've heard any news of these two events. Major League Wrestling's Intimidation Games, which is a BN Sports taping. I've I've seen little clips of, like, the former Dario Cueto from Lucha Underground, like, having a promo battle with Ricky Steamboat. Uh, that might be night two of uh, MLW. Yeah, right. Okay. How about uh, the other non-broadcast event? The Control Your Narrative, The Awakening in Dallas. Yeah, I haven't heard much about what happened at that show. I've seen clips of their first show, and it... Have you seen bloody Braun Strowman's hairdo? No. Oh, it's like... It's like the um, Road Warrior Hawk, double mohawk, but it's it's more sideways, and it joins up at the back. And he spikes oh, okay. it. It's so... Nah, it's hideous. It's so <laughs> gross. Oh, my oh, God. Okay. What's he doing? 
any clips of that circulating of fans who paid to go and yell at Aries, either online or in person, or however this was uh, being conducted? Uh, no, but there was like one clip from their very first show of like just um, one guy walking into a room. <laughs> and, it sounds like uh, the worst seven minutes in heaven. Yeah, yeah. It's like three minutes in heaven with Austin Aries. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, uh, thank you. No. <laughs> okay, from there, uh, we go to the fourth broadcast event of the weekend. It is Joey Janela's Spring Break Part 1, because, hey, if it's good enough for WrestleMania to be split over two nights, it's good enough for Joey Janela. Yeah, um, this this was a interesting show to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I felt uh, this one was the weaker of the two spring breaks. Um, my match of the night was the singles match of Blake Christian defeating AR Fox. Uh, also, Mickey James and Ali Catch had a really good uh, match here. Anything of note that you want to mention? Um. Well, I really enjoyed the opening triple threat tag match, as much of a plunder fest as it was. Um, with, uh, well, it was Nick Gage, the Briscoes, and um, my second God, gear crew. Second gear crew, yeah. Mace Warner, Matthew Justice. Yeah, I enjoyed that. Um, what else happened? I need to pull up the cards. Hang on. <laughs> So this one also featured John Moxley defending the GCW World Title against AJ Gray. Ah, oh, yes, uh, that was my match of the night. And Joe Janela versus Sean X Park Waltman. Yeah, um, this was a much better showing for X Park than the tag match with Cardona and Myers. Yeah, I really enjoyed the uh, the Janela X Park match as well. I loved Janella's attire. The the Razor Ramon inspired attire. Oh, hell yes. Yeah. Yeah. Except Taking on one of Razor's friends. Yeah, like it's the one, two, three kid against Razor Ramon again. Like, yeah. like, yeah, it's great. Um and Joey Janella noticeably over tanned for this match. Like yeah. he he was like hot dog skin for this match. Um, which really helped, like, the whole Razor Ramon cosplay. But, yeah, um, I, I thought this was a fairly solid night. My main issue is I don't think Alley Catch is great. Ooh. <laughs> the, okay. that's, a hot t- that's a hot take. I just, um, I don't get it. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Is I don't get what the appeal is. Like, she wrestles fine. Her promos are kind of meh to me. Um, I don't get what the gimmick is. And they just bring in people to beat her for every single one of their big shows. Yeah, I guess also true. Uh, yeah, like, like they've brought on. in they've brought in Thunder Rosa, they've brought in Ruby Soro, they've brought in Mickey James now. And every single time they build it up as like, oh, I'm getting a chance to prove myself against the best and to show that I can represent JCW and every single time she loses. So what does that say about Ali Cats? Yeah, I'm not too sure there either. Uh, for me, 
I felt the two main events were sort of a bit of a letdown. The Mox match, I'm not sure if he was just sort of taking it easy considering he had competed in Bloodsport earlier in the day or yeah, uh, what was it just to me, it just didn't feel like something clicked and the ultra violent match. Uh, it was what it was to close out the show. I fought two beers. It's not your thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. This is definitely like the weaker of the two nights for me. Yeah. Uh, how many beers for you, man? I'll give it, I'll give it two and a half because I didn't hate the Moxley AJ Gray match. Seeing X Park wrestle is still nostalgia for me, but everything else, I didn't hate the tag title match, but everything else was kind of uh, pain by numbers indie wrestling to me. Yeah, that's true too. Uh, from there, event number five for the weekend, the Mark, Mark Hitchcock Memorial WrestleCon Super Show. Uh, did you happen to catch this at all? I did not, but this is something that's still on my list to check out because I've heard okay things about this. Uh, yeah, there's uh, Athena here having an indie match against me, Yim. Uh, what else we got on here? We have Timothy Thatcher against Tomohiro Ishii. Uh, oh, yeah. Suzuki versus Biff Music. <laughs> there's a crazy 10-man tag, which... Um, <laughs> I don't want to spoil some of the participants here, but it, I'll just tell you the team captains. It is Team PCO versus Team Onita. What the fuck is that? So, uh, yeah, because you said you haven't seen it, but you want to, I definitely recommend checking that out. Um, my match of the night on here was the Dirty Dishes match of Johnny WrestleCon or Johnny Dishes <laughs> versus Tyre Valkyrie. Oh, that was this card? Yeah, I'm definitely going to check this out. Yeah, for sure. Um, also, guest appearances from Bret Hart, Jushin Funderlager, and Carrie Sulkin. Uh, overall, four beers. And this had um, Briscoes versus um, Homicide and Loki, didn't it? Yeah, yeah, that's in the, the main event there. Yep. Oh, I'm going to check this out for sure. Okay. Uh, from there, the next televised event in uh, chronological order is the Major Wrestling Figures podcast, Live 12, uh, with Myers and Cardona. Alex, any uh, takeaways from that? I'm assuming you didn't watch this. Not yet, because, <laughs> Jesus Christ, I worked like 40 hours over WrestleMania weekend and have had that, like, three hours sleep a night trying to cram everything in before today. I think you should watch this whenever you get the chance. This is like some lighthearted shit. Uh, there's some good surprise special guests in there. Um, yeah, uh, I think the there's one huge surprise guest who's a champion in WWE, <laughs> which was very surprising that someone... Because they haven't had anyone from WWE on their podcast since they left or since they got fired. Oh, wow. So, and this was someone that was a person who main evented a show for WWE over the weekend. Oh, I have a good idea who, given their connections. <laughs> yes, I think you, I think that's enough of a teaser. I already gave it away. But, um, yeah, the, just some good fun stuff. There are technical difficulties like Mark Sterling's mic is just like 
really horrible for some reason, but there's some good fun stuff in there. Um, it might be a good gateway for people to get into the podcast because it's a fun podcast. It's very lighthearted. Ah, very good. Yeah, I'm interested to check it out just because you've given them so many recommendations. And when I saw it as part of, part of the WrestleCon pack, I thought I'd uh, check it out. Yeah, so, the, it's just a heap of toy talk as well, and you, you'll see some interesting stuff. Uh, how many beers for you for uh, uh, Major uh, Wrestling Figure Podcast? Uh, I will give them three and a half Pabst Blue Ribbons, as that is their sponsor. <laughs> um, They're yes. smart men. Uh, from there, the next event in chronological order is GCW, the collective's Planet Death. I'm this guessing is, you didn't this, watch this? This is actually on my list to watch later, but no, I haven't watched it yet. Because I saw some of the gimmicks and stipulations on this card, like a Taipan deathmatch, whatever that is. Yeah, I'm like, Taipei, oh. you don't know what a Taipei deathmatch is? I it's where there's... Go on. Is, is that the one where they've got the stuff wrapped around their fists? Yeah, it can either be um, stuff wrapped in, uh, stuck on the wrappings, or I think the more traditional way is to dip your hand in a bucket of glue and then into a bucket of glass shards. Yeah, right. Like, <laughs> at, like actual bloody um, John Claude Van Damme, or yeah. whatever it was. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's what I thought it might be, but I'm interested to check it out anyway, see how it works in wrestling. Um, yeah, I, I'm open to deathmatch wrestling, so I might check it out. Uh, for me, my match of the show was the Boards of Buckery deathmatch that saw Sawyer Wreck versus Brandon Kick um, midway through the show there. Okay, uh, I, cool. Overall, I gave this one beer, deathmatches are my thing, and the note I have written here is, a guy ate light chips. The fuck? <laughs> Oh, my God. Yeah, I'm keen as hell for this now. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we're, so, we're different people. <laughs> <laughs> so just to recap, uh, day one for me, my indie show of the day was the Mark Hitchcock Memorial WrestleCon Super Show, four beers. Indie match of the day, I said uh, Josh Barnett's Bloodsport for the Ninja Mac versus Yo-Yo match, 3.25 stars. And <laughs> as Alex will be very disappointed in me, my indie VIP uh, MVP of the day, I said Ali Catch for her two matches at Cemetery Gates and Joe Janela Spring Break Part <laughs> One. No, um, each to their own. Uh, I just, I'm more of a character guy and I just don't get it. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Uh, anything you want to add there? A, a match of the day or? Um, I'm gonna have to agree. I'm gonna have to agree with match of the day. Yeah, uh, and um, I think indie wrestler of the day. Uh, I mean, Blake Christian was everywhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's like, true too. You literally couldn't see a card without him on it. Like, um, so I'm gonna have to give Blake Christian some credit here because he had a hell of a weekend. Yeah. Uh, so we go on to Friday, officially day two of WrestleMania 38 weekend. Uh, began with Event 8, LA Fights versus uh, Jersey Championship Wrestling, part of the collective here, uh, kicked off with a Survivor Series elimination match. Uh, so the whole show is built around 
LA fights versus JCW and it's um building up across eight matches to see who's the more superior promotion. Right. Um, I thought this was a good concept on paper, but as people are being introduced and then commentary sort of talking them up like they're from a different pers- uh, promotion. So I don't know where the wires got crossed, but I have it here as like five to three and commentary said it was four, four. So I don't know if somebody won who wasn't supposed to win and they sort of changed whether <laughs> what promotion they were afterwards or uh, yeah. what happened there. Um, my match of the show saw Nick Wayne versus Mark Marcus Mathers uh, in a singles match. Nick Wayne getting the win there. This guy's 16. I haven't seen a hell of a lot of him before. A few clips and that. Hell of a, hell of a prospect. Dude, yeah, he's incredible. Did you know he's, like, signed to AEW under, yeah. a, like, like when he turns 18, he's part of AEW, basically. Yeah, I did know that. I just, um, I didn't realise how good the guy is for 16. Yeah, insanely good. And he had a hell of a weekend himself. Uh, yeah, so you didn't happen to catch that one? I did not. Um, okay. I, I'm a fan of Big Effin' Vin, and he had a match with Juicy for now on this, so that's a match I would check out because I like Juicy, I like Big Effin' Vin. Big Effin' Vin, the son of um, ECW Original 911 from, like, 1994 ECW. Oh, wow. Yeah. So that's um, something that interests me. Anyway. Two big, beefy men <laughs> slapping meat. Uh, yeah, ju- Juicy's great. I thought overall this was sort of a, a two-beer show. This wasn't um, anything that really made me want to go back and watch a lot. Like, yeah, in terms right. of some mania weekend when you have so many events, you need to see this. I mean, the Nick Wayne one, if you're not familiar with him, go check that out. And uh, just for the sake of two big, beefy guys slapping meat, Big uh, Vin and Juicy for now as well. Yeah. Uh, from there, this is probably the event you heard uh, from. Major League Wrestling, B in Sports Taping, Aztec Underground. Right, yeah, that's definitely what I saw a clip of. Uh, what you say was Dario having a promo battle with... Ricky Steamboat. Oh, well, the Dreamboat, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. yes, indeed. Uh from there, event number nine of the weekend, For the Culture Free. Did you happen to catch this yet? I did, yes. Okay. Um, it's one of the can't-miss shows of WrestleMania weekend for me. So I thought this overall, well, apart from the death match, because that's not my thing, really solid event, like really solid. One of the like up-there events of the weekend. Um, match of the show for me. Shane Taylor Promotions versus the Hitmakers had zero expectations for AJ Francis, but the guy put in the work. Dude, that moonsault? Where the hell did that moonsault come from? I don't know. Like, how? Yeah, okay. I I see you, AJ. I see you. (laughs) Um, Uh, Tasha Steele's kicking off the show against uh, Big Swole here. the Impact Knockouts title on the line as well. Yeah, uh, that was my match of the night, to be honest. Um, an argument could have been made that 
this should have been further down the card. Yeah, I think uh, given what was happening a short amount of time later uh, over at the WrestleCon event, <laughs> I think it needed to go on earlier as well. Okay, so I don't have a proper idea of what time everything was going on because I've watched everything like the last few days, so I don't I don't actually know. I've sort of watched everything out of order too, so oh, so yeah, you've that, watched that everything. Makes... Go on. Yeah, I've watched everything on demand and sort of like just scrolling through and being like, all right, I feel like watching this. I feel like watching that. I don't know what the exact time that everything happened. <laughs> ah, fair enough, yeah. then. Um, yeah, I really enjoyed this. Four beers. Yeah, I, I thought it was great. I'll I'll give it four and a half. I loved um, Suge D and Faye Jackson on commentary. They were fantastic. They were a lot of fun. Um, yeah, the hitmakers out of nowhere, just fantastic. Uh, even, like, it's not your thing, but the Deathmatch, Hoodfoot and Billy Dixon, I really enjoyed that. Um, yeah, there's not a bad match on here, in my opinion. Yeah. For, for my liking. For you, there's one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but even then, I think it's because by this point, I've already seen, like, 12 Deathmatches across the weekend. Yeah, I don't... An event that was entirely death matches, so uh, it kind of wears numb after a little bit. Yeah. I don't enjoy the fact that death matches are always main event. I understand why, because cause of debris and shit, but I don't know. I, I would have loved to have seen, like, one of these other matches get to main event or, like, you know, spring break. Like, I didn't feel like that needed to be main evented by a death match. Yeah, yeah, that's true too. Yeah. Uh, from there, event number 10, New Japan Pro Wrestling of America Strong Lone Star Shootout. Oh, man, I forgot about that one. Okay. Uh, so uh, on here we see uh, Jay White representing New Zealand. Always yeah. trying to talk up the, uh, the Kiwis and the Aussies when I know some on here. He versed Mike Bailey. Uh, we also saw Ishii versus Chris Dickinson. Oh, I'll watch that. Uh, we also uh, saw, where is it? Ren Narita versus Rocky Romero. Uh, Ren surprisingly getting the win over Rocky. Nice. So this is part of the uh, the WrestleCon pack-on fight. I yep. don't know if it's on New Japan World yet. But speaking of New Japan World, Advertised matches included Jonah versus Blake Christian, uh, Bullet Club, Chris Bane, Hikalelu versus Stray Dog Army, Barrett Brown and Bateman, as well as Alex Coughlin, Fred Rosser and the DKC taking on Tim, Team Filthy, J.R. Kratos, Royce Isaac and Tom Lawler or Dark Main Event matches taped for Strong TV. Ugh. Um. My match, my televised match, I should say, of the event was Minoru Suzuki taking on Killer Cross. Right. I saw a clip of um, Suzuki in the pile driver calling Killer Cross a fucking young boy. <laughs> yes. 
I loved it. Oh. I loved it so much. And he just he's just squatting with him in the pile driver position, just like, you fucking young boy, you fucking <laughs> young boy. It's just uh, great. So this for me was free beers. And the most frustrating thing was like Kevin Kelly Kevin Kelly's on commentary with um Matthew Re- Rewalt. Yeah, yeah. Uh, former Aiden English. And he's going, talking up the strong open weight title. I'm going, why is he talking about this in a tag match with Juice and uh, Finley? And I've <laughs> rewind it. Like, this is one of the rare instances I've rewound anything over the weekend. And he's advocating for strong open weight tag titles. Fuck off. Yeah, fuck off. I love you, Kevin Kelly. I love your commentary work. But. When your strong openweight champion can't appear live on an iPay-per-view on the biggest wrestling weekend of the year and you're advocating for more titles, fuck off. Fuck this company. Yeah, why wouldn't they defend the strong openweight title on this show? Because they're idiots. Yeah, they just don't give a shit about it. Uh, um... There was a Mox appearance as well on this show. Um, uh, I think he was saying he's coming after um, Osprey. Hang on. Uh, something, something, I'm the boogeyman of New Japan Pro Wrestling. Because he always says that. Every time he's on New Japan, he's always like, I'm the boogeyman of New Japan. Kind of, yeah. 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 Um, I'm, the, I'm the Moxley man and I'm coming to get you. Um, <laughs> oh jeez comes out oh, with a mouthful ha- of maple syrup <laughs> hang on I'm going to send you a photo on um, Facebook um, it's a photo from Carmella and Corey Graves' wedding today legit and, legit and okay. it's John Moxley's outfit at the wedding as uh, Alex loads this up so yeah for me this featured really good in ring. Uh, the Jay White Mike, Mike Bailey match, the Suzuki Killer Cross Ishi Dickinson, Ren Ren, Ren Ren easy for me to say. Ren Narita put on a really good young line showing. Uh, yeah, so here we go. Here's this photo. Oh my fucking god! <laughs> what in the world? A, a leather jacket, a Cincinnati <laughs> Bengals T-shirt. A pair of jeans, combat boots, and the kicker, a fanny pack. Whilst everyone else is just, like, dressed to the nines. I do notice Tyson Kidd in the background in just a T-shirt. But, like, everyone else is just looking fabulous. Uh, Baron Corbin apparently dresses like Happy Corbin even in his real life. But, yeah, um, my God. Moxley, what the fuck, dude? <laughs> he looks so unhappy in that photo, too. He's like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> he, he does not want to be there. And, like, his wife's right next to him on the, on the right there. You see the lovely Renee. And she's just looking stunning. You, you got Natalia on the other side of him looking stunning. And then it's just like... It's it's like these wrestlers went to the Hall of Fame and then took a photo with a fan. <laughs> right? Uh, yeah. 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 Uh, so, anyway. yeah, that was New Japan 
<laughs> Lone Sorry, Star Shootout. I had to get that out of my system because I think it's the funniest thing. <laughs> oh, man. Um, now, did you watch the, what is it called? Fuso Super Show Live? Uh, the talking one you said with um, Bischoff and Regal and that? Yes, I did. Um, oh, man. William Regal, what a storyteller. They also had a road dog come out and check the mics at the start because he's Jeff Jarrett's roadie. (laughs) Uh, And then, like, road dog just talked about, like, doing drugs back in the day with everyone. Um, Just, like, yeah, lots of fun, good stories. Um, Yeah, really good stuff. The most notable thing was Jeff Hardy was... I'm not going to say he's on anything but a uh, natural organic substance, which I don't actually think is wrong in taking in marijuana. Uh, But I think the dude was stoned as fuck (laughs) because, like, he comes out and, like, they're asking him questions and he's just like, man, he says, like, someone asked a question to him and he's like, Hey, Conrad, am I going to get to play my music up here, man? And then he's just like, oh, I really love playing music. And then he's like, oh, I just love everyone here. Can I hug everyone here? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> uh, oh, boy. Uh, yeah, like, than... I, I hope it's weak, because I, otherwise I'd be really concerned. <laughs> I mean, the guy did call himself Itchweed for a while. I mean, yeah, get the whippersnipper out, my dude. Oh, man. Um, how many beers for the uh, interview show there? Uh, I'll give it three. I thought it was good. Uh, it's worth checking out because of William Regal's stories. Like, he is the perfect storyteller. <laughs> and every time he's done an interview since his release, he just out of nowhere brings up the fact that, and he always says this word for word, I'm an old school raver from back in the day. I'd eat a few disco biscuits. <laughs> disco biscuits. <laughs> so British. Like, yeah, uh, basically just saying, hey, guys, I used to take a lot of es- ecstasy and dance to techno music. <laughs> like, okay, Willie, you do you. But, yeah, his stories are just fantastic. And uh, Jeff Jarrett told a fantastic story about walking in on Judy Bagwell shaving Buff Bagwell's back. (laughs) What? Yeah. What? (laughs) Like, just walking into a hotel room and seeing that. Like, how would you feel? Uh, I'd probably close the door and leave. And Eric Bischoff told a story about 1997 Macho Man and blowing everyone in the building's mind by saying, yes, he was wearing a wig. Oh. It was a wig the whole time. <laughs> I mean, at least he admitted it. Yeah, Look and he's at like, you, brother. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, like, it wasn't... But his wig had a massive bald spot. If you're going to spend money to get a wig, like, get something that doesn't have a bald spot. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he told a funny story about um walking into Macho Man's hotel room and seeing him completely naked, like bald head and all. 
Oh, jeez. Yeah. Oh, man. Um, from there, event number 12 of the weekend, Ring of Honor Wrestling Supercard of Honor 2022. Uh, did you happen to catch? I did. I did. Uh, there was no way I was going to miss this because this heading into the weekend was probably the thing I was most excited about, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, uh, can... Just out of curiosity more than anything. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, we'll get there in a moment. Did you happen to catch any of the zero hour? I did not. No, uh, time is at a premium these days. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, it is a premium live event. Premium oh, live event. <laughs> okay, so uh, you would have missed Tully Blanchard introducing his new uh, faction, Tully Blanchard Enterprises. Yeah, I'm had down the, for it. I'm the down. Gates of Agony, Khan and Toa Liane. Yeah, I, I've seen bits of them before. They are impressive-looking humans, that's for sure. Uh, also on the Zero Hour was Dalton Castle. This, going oh. back to... Uh, yeah. yeah, go on. Oh, I just didn't know Dalton Castle was uh, was still in Ring of Honor. That's good. That's what I was about to say. This was Ring of Honor Dalton 2017. This is like the guy's gone back five years. He's the back peacock the again. He's back to party peacock. He's back to having a group of boys with him who do the whole um, ring steps thing and oh, sit down goodness. in the ring as a chair and everything. Oh, thank God. Um, If this guy can stay healthy, I mean, it's fine. It's yeah. good, but... I feel like he changed and he got to world title level and he got injured and then he got back and he got injured again and then the company closed on him. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I I hope we get to see the return of his alter ego, uh, smooth sailing Ashley Remington, but uh, that's neither here nor there. His Shikara character um, where he was a, sa a sailor. <laughs> Oh boy! Uh, yeah, um, I, I like I like uh, Dalton Castle a lot. I think he's great. Uh, should I just run through the results because this is one of the uh, sort of the four biggest shows of the weekend? You do you, my man. Okay, so we can touch on these in just a moment. We have uh, for the main event show itself: singles match, Swerve defeats Alex Zane. Brian Cage with Tully Blanchard being the mystery opponent for Ninja Mac and defeats Ninja Mac quite quickly. Jay Lethal defeats Lee Moriarty uh, via nefarious means. For the interim World Women's Championship, Mercedes Martinez defeats Willow Nightingale. Uh, Willow losing at final battle in her championship match there. I thought it was going on Willow. For the World Tag Team Championship, the Briscoes, Jay and Mark, are defeated by FTR, Cash, and Dax. For the world television title, Rhett Titus, your TV champion, loses to Minoru Suzuki. For your pure title, Josh the Good Woods, loses to Wheeler Yuta. So we have gone bang, 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 three new champions back-to-back -back and crowned an interim champion. Coming into the main event here for the world... Uh, World Championship unification match. The linear champion, Bandito, who has Chara Jr. in his quarter, taking on interim champion, got Jonathan Gresham. And uh, Jonathan gets the win here. I think this was the most televised result in a sort of 
<laughs> pay-per-view history on the weekend. Uh, anything uh, sort of of note there? Well, um, it was nice of Jeff Hardy to have a get a shot at the interim women's title against Mercedes Martinez. What did I say? Oh, yes, Willow. (laughs) Uh, uh, No no more Jeff Hardy alter ego references, I swear. Um, Yeah. My God. uh, I felt bad for Ninja Mac because he he became one of my favorites over the weekend. And he got destroyed by Cage. But this is the way to present Brian Cage. Although I will say, like, Brian Cage in Ring of Honor has serious, like, test or big show in WWE's version of ECW vibes. Like, hey, you couldn't cut it here, so we'll put you there. <laughs> that's that's what it yeah. feels like to yeah. me. <laughs> um, but all the best to him. Like, with Tully as his manager, I think that's perfect. So, um... On Wednesday's Dynamite, I know we touched on that. Tony time. It's time. It's time. It's Tony time. (laughs) (laughs) But I thought they're going to plug the shit out of uh, Ring of Honor, Supercard of Honor. And we got maybe one or two mentions via commentary. No graphics packages. No real hard plug for it. Nothing. Oh, okay. Because there was reports that the deal wasn't finalized with Tony Khan. Like it was still going through some sort of. Uh, procedural of sale sort of thing. So it was in between being uh, sold and being brought. It wasn't fully transed over yet. And I thought, okay, maybe that's why. We get to this show, and there is a lot of AEW plugging, including um, uh, who's the commentator? Who's the commentator? Um, Ian Riccoboni. Ian Riccoboni, thank you. Yeah. Great commentator, by the way, all weekend. But um, Yes, yeah, so good. He, he's doing the hard plug for AEW this Wednesday. Check out uh, FTR versus the Young Bucks. Oh my God! It's I mean, gonna... I mean, um, before we even get to that, like the that as good as the FTR versus Briscoes match was, which yeah, um, I've got plenty to say about it. In the end, that match was entirely just an advertisement for Dynamite. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I found it interesting they actually acknowledged Diana on commentary, saying, you know, yeah, Diana's waiting surprised in the wings. Yeah, uh, I'm really confused as to what's happening here, but we'll see. And also touching on a AEW sort of not plugging Ring of Honor. Ring of Honor plugged nothing coming up. No new shows, no, hey, check out the website. There'll be announcements of upcoming tours. Hey, we'll be back in your city here. We'll be back in July, New York or something. Yeah. Nothing. And, you know, Suzuki is the television champion of a company without a television deal. <laughs> right? Sorry, I just had a cough. But, uh, yeah. Hey, at least somebody's doing something good with Suzuki. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Um, surprising as hell, considering, like, Poor old Rhett Titus, like, the last year has just been building to him finally getting singles gold, bang, lose it straight away. Uh, But, yeah, Suzuki's the right call. I think 
Wheeler Yuta winning the pure title is perfect. Like, they have huge plans for Wheeler Yuta. You can just tell already that Tony Khan wants Wheeler Yuta to be the next, like, like the four pillars now, like, he wants Wheeler Yuta to be part of the next four pillars. You can just tell. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's like Wheeler Yuta, Lee Moriarty, Daniel Garcia, there's like three of your next four. Um, yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, because they're always and, brought up. And Jade? Jade, I would say Jade's all, already there. Yeah. Uh, just star power-wise. But, um, Did you have a match at the show? Uh, it's FTR and uh, the Briscoes for sure. Yeah, uh, that's uh, what I, I said as well. It's, um, yeah, back and forth as to whether or not this was my match of the entire weekend. Ooh, okay, we'll get there soon. Mm. But, uh, so the, after the, the Briscoes FTR match, you know, FTR's going up the stage, they're leaving the ring to the Briscoes. Mm. And I'm just like, oh, this is the last of the Briscoes. That's sad. Yeah. Yeah, And I thought, oh, we're going to get a big Kern call spot here. You know, the commentary is going to be quiet. They're going to get their, their thank you Briscoes chance and um, sort of go off to the back and then we'll load up the next video package for the next match. And nope, here come the Young Bucks to attack them and FTR run in to make the save. And then it's just like, yeah, we don't care about the Briscoes. We're coming after you, FTR. Yeah, I, th- I thought it was great, though, because... Like, even though there's still the connection, I just didn't think the Young Bucks would turn up at this show. Yeah, yeah, that's true too. Um, Anything else of note here? I mean, there uh, was a surprising debut. Yeah, um, I'm just biding my time. Let's talk about the thing that happened after the main event. So Gresham's in the ring, you know, he's got the championship, he's celebrating, he's now officially the champ, you know, Kerry Silkin's gone in there and presented it to him. Bandito's trying to pull it around his waist, but it falls down. Yeah. Uh, so Bandito hops out and Gresham's uh, there in the ring celebrating and out comes Jay Lethal saying, you know, without me, you wouldn't have got your shot in Ring of Honor. I deserve the first world title shot. Yep. Uh, then what happens? Well, then, uh, uh, a backstage suit, uh, a.k.a. Sanjay Dutt, tries to hold him off, hold Jay Lethal off, and then uh, it's a swerve, bro, and Dutt and Lethal beat down Jonathan Gresham, and speaking of 2005's uh, Impact X Division. Oh, (laughs) fuck. (laughs) Like... Like, fuck, yeah. Like, it's like, oh, imagine in, like, 2006 being told, like, Sanjay Dutt, Jay Lethal, and Samoa Joe were going back to Ring of Honor, (laughs) and they're in the main event. Um, That'd be nuts. But, yeah, (laughs) music hits, very final bossy-sounding music, and then... Out he comes, the Samoan submission machine, Samoa Joe. Uh, everyone's favourite wrestler, right? <laughs> like, we all love Samoa Joe. Yeah, I'm going to um, see Joe wrestle live. Oh, you lucky bugger. Actually, no, I have too, didn't 
was he at Super Showdown? Yeah, they did AJ versus Joe. Oh, that, <laughs> that's right, they did too. Yeah, speaking of 2005 X Division. <laughs> <laughs> um, for me, great show, uh, including the Zero Hour. I class this all as sort of one show when it's a pre-show going into a pay-per-view. Uh, five beers. Yeah, I thought for sure there was going to be a big surprise, but I thought for sure the surprise was either going to be Brian Danielson or Sam Punk showing up. I did not I did not think it would be one of the other pillars of mid-2000s Ring of Honor. I did not think it was going to be Joe. No, neither did I. Uh, that was great. I lost my shit. It was amazing. And immediately afterwards, they tweet out Samoa Joe is all elite. And then you're like, all right, we're on now. We're on. Uh, how many beers for you? Uh, I'm going to give it four. Fair enough. Uh, event 13 of the weekend. WrestleMania SmackDown. Did you make time? I I didn't, honestly. <laughs> Honestly, I didn't. Um, it was just like, oh, I've got enough time here. This was during the weekend. I can either watch the Hall of Fame or I can watch SmackDown. I chose you the sir, Hall of Fame. You, sir, made the right choice, as we saw the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royale, where your new... Have you seen the clip? I think you mean uh, Andrew the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. Who Have said you that? Seen... No. Oh, God. So it was on the WrestleMania pre-show. They brought out the winner of said match, and the graphic on the pre-show said Andrew the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. I'm going to pull it up and send it to you. (laughs) Oh, God. Um, So your winner is Madcap Moss defeating a who's that (laughs) of the WWE men's division, including two current champions. Yeah. Uh, those champions uh, being... The, the picture is sent. You'll just have to zoom in on okay. the graphic. As I bring up this uh, picture, and then I'll continue to uh, mention the who's that of this match. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not a who's who, a who's that. Yeah. Oh, God. Um, Like, I know they were doing a heap of shoulder programming pre-shows. They did special editions of the bump and whatnot. I didn't watch any of that. Oh, my God, it actually says Andrew. Oh, my God. Uh, so, yes, Dolph Ziggler, the current NXT champion, was in here. At least he got eliminated when somebody wheelbarrowed him and Rude over the top rope. And also, Finn Balor, your current US champ, was in here. Uh, uh, was the, Oh, no, the IC champ had a match later that night, didn't he? Yeah, he was in the next match, Ricochet defeating both Angel and Humberto. Mm. Uh, non-title tag team match of Naomi and Sasha Banks defeating Carmella and Queen Selena. A singles match of Jimmy Uso versus Rick Boogs to a no contest, which leads to a six-man tag of Austin Fury and the Usos defeating Finn, Rick Boogs, and Shinsuke Nakamura. Um, so <laughs> I, have, I have it noted down here that Finn Balor ran in and attacked Austin Fury ringside, frying him into the ring to cause the no contest DQ Ugh. that led to the main event uh, six-man tag. Um, so I just got in my notes here. Waste of my fucking time. NXT and US champion the Battle Royal. 
can Ziggler fuck off doing the HBK spot in every battle royale? Oh, <laughs> yeah. Commentary said, the IC title is so prestigious. Um, and I said, well, if it's so prestigious, why is it not allowed to be on WrestleMania? Yeah. <laughs> and in the main event closing segment was <sighs> Madcap Moss, get fuck SmackDown, zero beers. <laughs> Oh, uh, I'll, I'll give SmackDown six beers because I didn't watch it. <laughs> so, six, six beers for making a good decision. <laughs> Next was uh, part of the collective event 14. Ringo Locos, The World on Lucha. Did you have to catch any of this? I did. I didn't see all of it. I've seen most of it. Did you happen to catch... Johnny Carboletto. <laughs> yes, I did. Fuck <laughs> me. New show, new name. Yeah, I love it though. Like it's totally Again, John It's totally just like he knows what he's doing. He's just trolling. It's fun. I love it. Um for me, there was no real match of the night for SmackDown. That's why I didn't say because that show just sucked. Uh, <laughs> yes. for me, match of the show. There is a main event singles match here. I'm not sure if you've seen it yet. No, I'm not. I literally have one match to go. That's okay. it. Dr. Wagner Jr. versus Psycho Clown. Um, I thought really good, really good main event for anyone who's uh, who knows Lucha Libre and who's heard these names before. Yeah, um, Doc, I, Dr. Wagner Jr. is like low-key my favorite luchador. He's so good. Oh. I won't say too much there because Alex has told me he hasn't seen the uh, the result there. So I'll just say uh, free beers. Yeah. Yeah. Did you make time for All Elite Wrestling Rampage? Uh, believe it or not, no. Okay. Um, event 15 over WrestleMania weekend being broadcast, at least at the major productions. Um. I gave my match of the night to the tag team the Young Bucks versus Top Flight. Uh, I heard also good in, things, yeah. Also in action was Buddy Murphy, part of the House of Black versus Fuego Del Sol and Dark Orders, Eva Luna and Stu Grayson. And huh. Jamie Hayter advanced in the uh, Women's Own Heart Foundation tournament, defeating Sky Blue. Uh, overall, I said four beers. Surprisingly, Rampage did not phone it in this week against... WrestleMania weekend competition. Yeah. Um I we all know I love me some AEW, but AEW has been like buried deep in the back of my mind for the past week. Like I just couldn't give a shit about them at the minute. It's because there's yeah. so much else going on. We're just running through everything at the moment and we're about halfway through and we're about an hour in this podcast. Yeah. We've done bugger all pre-ramble today we're just straight into it uh which brings me to event 16 impact wrestling presents multiverse of matches did you happen to catch this i did yes oh okay uh so uh on here we have a couple of aussies in action we saw the impact knockouts tag team championships being defended where the influence mass and rain and tenille dashwood the champs uh defeated Giselle Shaw and Lady Frost, as well as Savannah Ammons and Tasha Stills, and the team of Decay, Havoc, and Rosemary. Uh, we also yep. saw, go on. 
No, uh, I thought this was a fun-ish match. It's the best knockouts tag title match I've seen in a while. Yeah, uh, well, everyone knows the inspiration is more character than in-ring, as much as I love those girls. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, the inspiration have been, like, a thousand percent entertaining their impact on, but you can never say that they're, uh, they're not Luthers in... Carl Gotch in the ring, that's for sure. Uh, so we also saw Jonah teaming with Josh Alexander to defeat the team of Moose and PCO. Yes. A and... thousand times, yes. Run it back. <laughs> Run it back, he says. I think we'll be getting singles matches of those maybe at the next show. Mm-hmm. And also in the co-main event saw Chris Saban versus Jay White. Uh, now, commentary made an interesting point here about... Uh, Saban's uh, tag team partner who was in action earlier, they said Shelly is, quote, the Iggy Pop of pro wrestling. Alex, you're a bit of a rocker. What does that mean? Um, <laughs> my God, there's a million ways to go with that. <laughs> Question without notice? <laughs> I mean, yeah, it could just mean that he's a fucking free spirit would be the nicest way to say anything. <laughs> Which, from all I've seen with Alex Shelley, that's not surprising. Now, did you notice on this show, a couple of times we got quite loud Impact Wrestling chants. Remember five years ago when an indie show at WrestleMania was headlined by Fuck That Ouch chants? Oh my god, yeah, what was that show? That was uh, Ring of Honor, Bucks of Youth versus Broken Hardies. Yeah, <laughs> the, the they weren't allowed troubles. to be yeah broken. Yeah, <clears throat> a really good show. A lot of good standout matches on here. Uh, X Division always delivers. Um, for me, my match of the night or match of the show, I should say, uh, was Tomohiro Ishii versus Eddie Edwards. Yeah, like a thousand percent, yes. Again, run it back. Um, I, I thought it was a bit of a stretch trying to say it was a pro wrestling Noah versus New Japan match. I mean, I saw that and I went, is it really with Eddie Edwards being in on a no more right now? Is it? <laughs> yeah, I mean, sure, you do you, but like that's a massive stretch. That's like, oh, yeah, John Moxley versus uh, Brian Danielson is CZW versus ROH. <laughs> I mean, sure. <laughs> uh, yeah, four beers for me. Uh, anything you want to touch on there? I thought uh main event was really good as well, Briscoes and Good Brothers. Yeah, I, I thought the main event was okay, which is the perfect summary of the Good Brothers, to be honest. It, they're all right. <laughs> they're all right. Um, yeah, match of the show for me. Um, oh, it, it's it's a to- toss-up between the Jonah and Josh Alexander versus Moose and PCO and Tomohiro Ishii and Eddie Edwards. So... Match of the night to me for me was uh, the existence of Tomohiro Ishii and Jonah. <laughs> Just those guys existing 
I can't give either match the nod ahead of the other, so I'm just going to give it to a guy from each match. Um, Mike Bailey and Alex Shelley was also really good. I thought this show was pretty decent. Um, I'll give the show three and a half. We go to the uh, event number 17 of the weekend, sees the WWE Hall of Fame Class of 22, hosted by Corey Graves and Kayla Braxton, with uh, the inductees Warrior Award Shad Gaspard, who is inducted by Dana Warrior, the Steiner Brothers Rick and Scott, inducted by Bron Breaker, Queen Charmel, inducted by Booker T, Vader, inducted by his son, Jesse White, and The Undertaker, inducted by Vince McMahon. I have yet to go back and watch this. I watched the highlight package they aired during WrestleMania. Uh, anything of note coming out of this, Alex? Uh, I cried like a little baby when Crime Time's music hit and JTG walks out, Shad's uh, wife and son. You can hear the crack in my voice right now. And it was and they just... Do they did the... Um, JTG and Shad's son did the Crime Time, like high-five handshake thing in the ring that Shad and JTG used to do with the where JTG would jump up and high-five Shad and they'd do like the, the little dance thing, like yeah. the rolling the dice dance. But they did it with um, JTG and Shad's son and it just, it broke me, man. <laughs> it just broke me. Yeah, I, I'm yeah. not looking forward to watching that one in particular because I think it will be a... Uh quite sad it's beautiful it's honestly beautiful like just some of the things like but it's it's sad but it's just beautiful too and like they didn't have the son say much but yeah uh, the wife said some really like beautiful things and just the amount of respect shown was just amazing dare I say, the most deserving person to have this award. And in my opinion, the award should be named the Shad Award instead of the Ultimate Warrior Warrior Award. Because, yeah. <laughs> because what they're doing with the award isn't what the Ultimate Warrior talked about in his Hall of Fame speech. He wanted an award to be given to... Uh, unrecognized backstage people each year. Yeah, they did it twice, I think, since they yeah. started it. Yeah, they did it twice, but, like, more often than not, it's just been like, oh, it's the Warrior Award because you're a warrior, uh, because you're a hero, because you've fought through this or whatever, and that's cool and all, and that definitely helps the company get good PR, and it's also great for the people watching because there's some good stories. But in my opinion, there is no bigger hero in the history of wrestling than Shad. And they reminded us during this speech that Shad once stopped an armed robbery. I forgot all about it. Yeah, but... I remembered that because they talked about um around the time of his passing. But then, yeah, I forgot about it again. Yeah, I forgot all about it. And it's just because, like... This dude is a legitimate hero, man. And it was just wonderful. Um, other highlights of the Hall of Fame ceremony. Yeah, just Scott Steiner just getting on a weird rant about talking to cows with Randy Savage. Just like, what the fuck? <laughs> um, just like, 
I, I was hoping Scott Steiner was gonna like say something really stupid and like go off his rails a little bit, but he just went real weird instead. <laughs> but it's worth checking out. And just say like then cutting to Bron Breaker and being like, Oh god, Uncle Scott, what are you doing? <laughs> oh, um and yeah, the Vader thing was great. Um Shamel. Shamel was a fun speech. Fun, fun speech. As much as uh, I think there's other people that could go in before Shamel. Um it was a very fun speech and you know, Booker T great induction speech by him. Um the Undertaker thing is very um it's very divisive, people's opinions on the Undertaker's Hall of Fame speech. Ooh, just okay. because it goes for a literal hour. Okay. So I was thinking, like, <laughs> looking at it, what be, like, I loaded it up, and you can see the runtime when you load it up. It's like two and a half, three hours, and I've gone, nope, I'll come back to this if I have time. <laughs> yeah, like, it's, like... It's an hour from the time that he starts, that he comes out. That's not including Vince's induction. That's not including, like, the video package for The Undertaker. The hour is him talking and walking around in the ring, and they've got, like, some of his old jackets hung up around the ring too, which was actually a nice touch. But it legitimately felt like a TED talk. Because he's got the um, microphone the, headset. Yep. So he's like, he's walking, pacing back and forth, side to side, using his hands to talk. And just, just like, yeah, it felt like a TED talk. He had the this structure around his speech, the three lessons in life that he uses to this day to... Or something like that, and like his three biggest lessons in life, and like you talk about one lesson and talk for about fifteen twenty minutes, and then another lesson and talk for fifteen twenty minutes. I, I thought it was a good. It's a good speech. It was like if anyone's going to get an hour at the Hall of Fame, it should be the Undertaker. <laughs> like honestly, yeah. but yeah, it's divisive and. I just didn't like how he ended his speech by saying, and now the Undertaker can rest in peace. And then blah, blah, blah. He's just like wa- walks around the ring, kisses his kids, kiss. By the way, the dude's got a newborn son. Oh. His kid's going to be, he's going to be like 70 when his kid's learning to drive. <laughs> like, you got you got to have to stop at some point, dude. Stop making kids, because um, you just—it's just not manageable at your age, surely. Like, Jesus you have a big Christ, family, dude. and you get the older kids to look after the younger kids. My God, he's gonna be in his like mid seventies when the kid graduates college. Like, like what the fuck? Anyway, um, then he walks back in the ring picks up one of the hats after saying like the undertaker is going to rest in peace. He picks up one of the hats and one of the jackets, puts them on and then says, never say never. 
and then walks off. And it's like, what the fuck? You just said the Undertaker's going to rest in peace, and then you say never say never? That doesn't sound like peace. <laughs> oh, boy. Sounds like, very... And- Everything else was great. Like, there was just a lot of great stories. You got to see a side of The Undertaker you never got to see before. And just, like, you got to see The Undertaker cry. I mean, come on. Like, talking about his kids. Like, it was was great to see that, to be honest. Like, the dude's human. Cool. (laughs) How many beers? Uh, I'll give it... Four and a half beers, and most of that's carried by Scott Steiner's cow speech. <laughs> My God, it, it uh, is le- legitimately going to go down in the Hall of Fame like history books, like next to Mr. T's mum. Uh, <laughs> I, I I know we had joked last week uh, on our very long episode um, about, you think anyone's going to do a hillbilly gym? And you're like, yeah, somebody should. And we both laughed it off. Is well, this longer than Hillbilly Jim? Uh, well, The Undertaker definitely beat Hillbilly Jim, for sure. Like, uh, And that's not including the fact that he does his full entrance to... Because it's just the SmackDown stage, and it's the ring, just like one set of ropes is taken down. So he does his full entrance to get into the ring to do his speech, and then at the end of his speech, he does his full entrance to leave this to leave as well and he does the fist up in the air with his back to the camera and all that sort of stuff so there's two undertaker entrances <laughs> oh jeez, oh man poor hill hill billy jim his record's it, it, been broken it was nice watching the <laughs> hall of fame to see um certain people just like because they had all the current wrestlers and a few legends like sitting on the stage Oh, yeah. and, and Randy Orton's like on the the end, like he's on the aisle way. So he's one of the like if the Hall of Fame inductees walking down the aisle, like they just have to reach out and they can high five Randy Orton. So you pretty much got to see Randy's Randy Orton's reactions to everyone coming out because he's right in the view, and he's like just marking out hard for the undertaker and he's like marking out hard for for the steiner brothers and i swear to god i saw him bark for rick steiner i swear <laughs> to god i saw randy orton do a little bark oh man uh should we keep moving along We've yeah still let's... Got a little bit to talk about my god i just did my undertaker moment uh did you hear anything coming out about impact provisional Wrestling Federation. No, I want to watch it, though. I don't know if it's been taped for Impact Plus or if it was just a, a live event thing they did for fun after the Impact Multiverse of Madness. It like, has um the Good Brothers as, uh, was it Chet Ferguson and Chad Too Bad? Sex Ferguson, Chad Too Bad, yeah. Um, yeah, I heard they brought in some other, like, old school people as well. Um, yeah, I can't remember who, but yeah, uh, I want to see it when it hopefully it airs soon. Okay, I might look at a fight later because at the moment I am on the tablet with my notes. Uh, we go to event 18, Joey Janela Spring Break Part 2. Uh, anything? <laughs> r- 
I mean, there are two matches on here I really want to talk about. I'm sure there's three on here you want to talk about. Uh, the opener, your boy. Yeah. Did you watch this yet? Yeah, I did. Of course Okay, I did. okay. <laughs> uh, where would our fans remember Missy Hyatt from? Oh, my God. Like, late 80s, early 90s, WCW. She was... At one point, the manager for the Steiner brothers and the Nasty Boys, uh, Missy Hyatt has also done porn, so fans might know her from that. <laughs> um, okay. Yeah, she she's like one of the original like female valets in wrestling. Like she used to do all the territories in the early eighties. Uh, and she's also called herself like the most famous ring rat of all time. <laughs> <laughs> so, so whether you want to call label someone that or not, she calls herself that. So. Yeah. Uh, the co-main event here. I mean, if anyone's going to get away with this type of bullshit on Suzuki, it's going to be Effie. My God. Just to see Minoru Suzuki, like, pucker up to pretend to kiss Effie was just a sight to behold. <laughs> And then they're, uh, like, trading chops and, and like, Effie chops Suzuki and Suzuki just raises his eyebrow and he's like, what? Is that all? <laughs> uh, I thought that was a really good, uh, good fun match. Like, Effie gets a kiss and Suzuki gets, like, the got here for the win. And, like, yeah. it takes Minoru a moment or two to realise what happened and his music starts playing. He gets up and he sort of looks at the ref and then grabs the ref shirt to sort of wipe his mouth off. Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, Clusterfuck Battle Royal. Do you have any idea how many participants were in this? Well, they said it was going to be 40. I don't know if it was or not. I counted 54. Oh, my God. Yeah, that's right, because they did Ragnarok Rumble rules where stables and factions could <laughs> enter as one entrant. Yeah. Uh, of note on here, I see uh, Shasta McKenzie. Yeah, awesome. I see Paro. Yeah, awesome. Uh, One of my faves. I'm just having a quick look through the list here. Um, uh, the Invisible Man, obviously, like looked really great. Transformed his body. Um, yeah, just whole new whole new wardrobe. Uh, as yeah, new wardrobe. Us. Yeah. And his body had transformed. Yeah, just really preparing for this match. Yeah, big fan of the Invisible Man. Totally buff. He's got the stuff. Mark My God, he, the bag well. he came out to the American Males music. Oh, I was so stoked about that. And he's doing uh, the American Males clap and everything. Uh, one of the yeah. most recent things in wrestling, have you seen this? Like, Buff Bagwell's now a woke god on Twitter. <laughs> No. Like, uh, someone was, like, uh, saying horrible shit about Nyla Rose on Twitter, and then Buff Bagwell out of nowhere just gets involved and is, like, uh, just tearing people to shreds for being intolerant and stuff. And it's just like, oh, this is an old-school Southern wrestler. But this is an old-school dude from, like, the 90s, a little bit of the 80s. He lives in Georgia. You just don't expect it from him. And yeah. and he comes out and he's a woke god and he's been like tweeting about 
like, oh, he's just been tweeting, like, about drip and, like, people are teaching him on, like, modern Twitter technology uh, terms and stuff now. And he's talked about bussy and stuff like that. And uh, he's just talking. And so he was, like, talking about Ligma. Ligma. What's Ligma? Ligma balls. <laughs> it's just like he's been so funny on Twitter, and then it's all come out that he's now he now lives at DDP's accountability crib, and he's cleaning his life up, and it's just awesome. Like this is great, and everyone Good loves Buff him. Bagwell, and he trended like number three in all of the United States that day that he stood up for Nyla Rose. Good on him. Uh, yeah, guys so, got for a bit of a, a hard time with his mother passing away in recent months as well. Yeah, so like all the love in the world for um, Marcus Alexander Bagwell, uh, the buff daddy himself, totally buff as you like to say. Um, Just a couple of others of note on here. We saw Jimmy Wayne Yang and his daughter, Jazzy Yang. My God, how jacked was Jimmy Yang? Like he looked... He looks exactly the same. He looked younger because he didn't yeah. have the mustache anymore. So he, he did. looked Yeah, he he looked younger. Uh the second last person I want to make note of on here is Grim Reefer. And like Janella's sort of cracking the shits. He's going to walk out backstage. Oh, so good. And he gets on the mic and goes, You know what? I'm not with AEW anymore. So I'm gonna go to the ring. And have a smoke with my friends. And the crowd goes, yeah. Because uh, Grim Reefer, if you don't know, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, 420, yes. Yes. <laughs> uh, and then the last entrant of note I have on here, Sean Ross Sapp. Yeah, and uh, another fight, <laughs> fightful member, um, Denise Salcedo, hitting him in the nuts. Yeah, uh, so the crowd's chanting, we want Meltzer. <laughs> I swear to God, I thought that was going to happen. I was like, and holy fuck, is Joey Janela actually going to be able to book Meltzer to do a spot? And, you know, Sean Ross Sapp's in the ring just showboating, and former Fightful uh, correspondent Denise Salcedo, who now works with Meltzer at um, Wrestling Observer Pickapore Online, goes in, hits the low float, and Sean Ross Sapp's out pretty quick. I didn't realize um, she left Fightful. Oh, that makes it even better. That makes more sense now, okay? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, anything else of uh, note out of this? Uh, I saw oh, Nick Wayne God. in here. Uh, yeah, there's a million things I want to talk about from this. Um, well, fuck. Um, back to the <laughs> Joey Janela thing. Like, he starts getting paranoid after smoking the joint and then runs away. Did you notice that? He, he runs gets, away, like, and then he comes back like five minutes later, and he's just eating Cheetos <laughs> outside of the ring because he's got the munchies now. Oh, who was it? Your boy who got in the ring, like eliminated one or two people, and then just said, "Rolls out of the ring," and just goes, "Yeah, okay, I'm going home." Oh, Maven showed up, dude. <laughs> yes. Maven showed up, just drop kicked everyone, like just as good as he ever threw a drop kick. By the way. And then just goes, all right, I've done my one move. I'm out of here. <laughs> just leaves. And uh, he leaves with Shaz McKenzie in his arms. So go, Shaz. Like, Maven's uh, a gorgeous man. <laughs> so 
we better keep going along here, but uh, it gets uh, down. One more, one more mention quickly. Okay, go uh, on. Early morning guy steal, whatever the fuck <laughs> that was. My God, that was amazing. Whatever the fuck that was meant to be. That is. Oh, do you remember when? Mick Moretti was full rapscallion 2017, 2018, had the goggles, the far out hair. Yeah, yeah. This is Mick Moretti's day job. This is like... <laughs> That's what like, it looked like. Yeah. I, I don't know. It looks like a, a radioactive mutant that also farms. <laughs> oh, my God. As you mentioned, I just remembered the commentary bringing up the goggles. They do nothing. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> my god and and uh, then th- this dude's like hitting 450 splashes and like canadian destroyers and like yep okay this guy's good like because every year like at joey janelle's spring break uh, he creates one like out of nowhere fucking indie s- sensation what the fuck draw that everyone books for the next year like Marco Stunt was one of them. Uh, I forgot his name, but the guy with no legs was one of them. Like Orange yeah. Cassidy was one of them at one point. Orange, yeah, I was going to say the year we are. Like, PCO was orange. one. PCO, like it resurrected PCO's career, being at Spring Break and having that match with Walter. Um, so like. Th- for the next year, I expected almost every other indie show. It's going to be early morning guy steel doing some flips with some people because he's the new like what the fuck thing on the indies. Yeah. Um. Oh, Josh Barnett comes down. I can't for the love of me remember who he eliminates. No, nah, me neither. <laughs> the uh, way he gets eliminated is amazing. <laughs> who eliminates him? Uh, Jazzy Yang. Um, oh, that's right. Yeah. She, she puts a submission hold on Josh Barnett, and Josh Barnett's like, "No, no, no, you're doing it wrong. Put your foot over here." Oh, that's <laughs> right. Yes, I want to talk about this because he's teaching her. No, see, you've got to do this and hold your hand like that, and then you pull it back, and then say, "I tap," <laughs> and he, he goes like that, teaching her, and the ref calls for Barnett to be eliminated because he's instructing because he her in a submission, and he taps. <laughs> uh okay. Uh the cluster f- we better keep going. The clusterfuck is won by the second gear crew, uh AJ Gray, Mace Warner, and Matthew Justice. Really fun clusterfuck. Um This was I the also, best clusterfuck. It was the greatest clusterfuck, <laughs> some might say, as it was yes. marketed. Um I also looked up, is weed legal in Texas? Yes. For medical uh, there purposes. We go. <laughs> Very good. Yeah, well, you know, Grim Reefer's got lots of medical conditions. Uh, do you have an indie show of the day for myself? I said Supercard of Honor. Yeah, I'll say, if Supercard of Honor counts, then it's Supercard of Honor. I think this might be the last year it counts, but uh, yeah. Yeah. I said uh, indie match of the day. I said FTR versus the Briscoes. Yeah, I agree. And my indie MVP of the day was Mike Bailey appeared on uh, NJPW, Lone Star Shootout, Impact Multiverse of Matches, and Joe Janela Spring Break. Yeah, um... Oh, mine's Jedi Kai. Ooh, really good choice. 
Uh, I've come out of this weekend being a huge Janai Kai fan. Yeah. And what's she called? Her, her kick squad? Which is very interesting because of her last name. Yeah. Kai. Uh, she's got a squad of kicks, or shall we say team kick. Oh, well done, sir. So I'm just like, Hang on, so she's just Dakota Kai before they ruined her. Cool, good. Yeah, well, we might be able to talk <laughs> about Dakota Kai because it is now Saturday. Oh, event, number, <laughs> event number 19. Effie's Big Gay Brunch number four. Did you watch? I, I'm yet to get around to it, to be okay. honest. I will. I okay, promise. Good, good, <laughs> because everything's gayer in Texas. Yes. That's his motto for the uh, the marketing. I love it. Good, good. <laughs> um, do you want me to spoil a surprise in yeah, do it. a match? Okay. I don't, I don't care about spoilers. So we see in the seven-way international scramble match, Australia's own Silvio Milano. Oh, fuck yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm so happy for Silvio. That's great. This is perfect. Yeah. Uh, going through the, the rest of the day, we saw Paro in action, Ali Catch co-made eventing, and uh, Effie in the main event. Hang uh, on, did the... Ali Catch wrestle Dango? Yes. Hang on. Yes. Is, isn't everyone on this card either gay or LGBT? Like, they're, like, um, gay, basically. I'm not sure if everyone is LGBTQIA+. Plus or because uh, uh, like French I'm looking community, at what people refer to as an ally. I don't know I, what Dango I'm is. Look, I'm looking at this card and like every single name I see here, I've seen mentioned is like a gay or LGBTQIA plus uh, member of wrestling. Except the only one that stands out is Dango. So I don't know. Is this? Is Dango something? If so, that's cool, man. <laughs> like, that's yeah. great. Uh, yeah, maybe. Yeah. I, I don't if, know. If or... not, like, it's just kind of random. But <laughs> um, good for him. Um, uh, even the fact that he's on this card just shows something about him. So good for him. Yeah. Uh, really enjoyable uh, few, uh, like the three top matches on this show. Uh, match of the show for me was the seven-way international scramble. Um, nice. I did notice uh, one of the commentators, like when they start the show, is wearing a Candy Lee t-shirt. Uh, Candy Lee, an openly trans wrestler from New Zealand. Oh, and we man. Saw... I would have loved to have seen Candy Lee. Yeah, and Silvio debuting. Um I don't want to go mentioning anyone who says on social media one thing and in wrestling doesn't state that. Um, but somebody like a Ricky South who is open about that, that'd be cool to see. Yeah. And I mean, are... there's plenty of people over here that they could use. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Many, many uh, openly uh, wrestlers. Uh, for My this show, God, I just want to see Ricky South versus Effie more than anything in the world. Yes, in my veins, please. Yeah. yeah. 
Uh, Alex still has to watch this one. Uh, he'll probably go watch some of this later. For me, five beers. How was um Dark Sheik versus Paro? That sounds interesting. A really, really good match for me seeing Dark Sheik like for the first time this weekend, really. Yeah. I've seen like maybe once or twice when we've watched a GCW show and talked about on the show together before. And Paro is somebody I think who is really underrated. I thought that was a really so good, good match. Um, think Sabu, I guess Sabu Taz, like early nine, like mid nineties Taz maybe. Sabu versus Bam Bam. Yes, Bam Bam's a better big man comparison. I was looking yeah. for. Yeah. So you know what I was, you knew what I was putting down there. Yeah. Uh, I think this is the final WrestleCon show we're going to talk about next. Event number 20 of the weekend, WrestleCon USA versus the world. So this is built like a uh, Survivor Series style event where it is uh, USA wrestlers versus global wrestlers in a Survivor Series style matchup. Oh, shit. Okay. I had no idea this was happening. I'm going to check it out. As uh, uh, on the opening here, good close personal friend. Oh, fuck. Hang on. I just looked at the card. Yeah, shit. I'm watching this later. Yeah, Alex is watching for the uh, the opener, Sam Adonis. <laughs> yeah, my boy. <laughs> no, no, no. As we go through, match number two here features features Jessica Troy versus Rachel Allery. Yeah, yeah. That's all <laughs> you had to tell me. <laughs> uh, now this is getting to the stage of the weekend where there are a few chop and changes. Uh mixing some matchups from originally announced heading into the weekend. Uh, it was supposed to be Bandito and uh, Ray Phoenix, but that got changed to Bandito and Extreme Tiger versus the Work Horseman. Right. Yeah. Uh, I thought this was a really good show. Uh, no surprise. Where do you think my match of the show is going? <laughs> I'm going to assume... Uh... Jessica Troy and Rachel Ellering. Although I will say, how was Calvin Tankman versus Big Damo? Uh, that was good. I thought it was good. Um, I didn't think it was anything like worth going uh, back and watching that's for me. But you, like <laughs> the big guys, you might be a bit more familiar with Tankman coming from MLW. They don't really yeah. have a lot at the moment this weekend. Yeah, he's a um, former GCW guy too. Um, okay. But then, then he got signed to MLW, and pretty much whenever someone gets signed to MLW, they disappear off the face of the planet. The poor bugger. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is something I'm sure stateside they hear a lot more. It's globally you don't hear from them, and it's no. uh, a bit sad. Um, overall, I thought this show was free beers. Um. I won't say too much about the Jessica Troy match here, <laughs> but constant USA chance. So does this mean Sam Adonis and Flip Gordon are babyface? Oh, no. Uh, I won't give away the overall Survivor Series-style result there either. Hey, hey, you know the tag team Sam Adonis is one half of, right? Uh, with? I can't remember his tag partner's name, but you know the name of him. No. In NWA, he is one oh. half of the rude dudes. Oh, that's right. And he's also, also, his his brother just got married today. And I've shown you a photo of Moxley at that wedding. 
Yeah, Sam Adonis is Corey uh, Graves' brother. In case yeah. Because yeah. uh, it was a week before on SmackDown. Um, it was either SmackDown or Raw. Graves has said something to Cole about his sources down in Mexico telling this. And Cole's like, yeah, <laughs> what sources do you have in Mexico? And I'm like, shut up. <laughs> his brother's down there. Uh, so we go to event uh, 21 of the weekend. It is NXT 2.0 Stand and Deliver. We have a kickoff match of the WWE NXT Women's Tag Team Championships. It is Toxic Attraction, Gigi Dolan, JC Jane, who are both fit to compete here to defend their titles against Dakota yeah, Kai. What the yeah. fuck happened then? Why did this happen? Why did they change the tag title match? What's going on? Um, I'm guessing shit happened when we were recording on Wednesday last week. Yeah, like, what the fuck? Hang on, when did Raquel and D- Dakota get back together? <laughs> Have you, you didn't see the kickoff then? No. Did you watch proper uh, the proper show? Not yet. Hang on, Raquel and Dakota won? Okay. <laughs> the, they won the tag titles? They're together? Okay. <laughs> so Alex has the exact same reaction as I had when these two walked out. Uh, I have noted down here, how the fuck are Dakota and Raquel friends again? And on commentary, I swear not to you, by the Lord above, this is what Barrett said. <laughs> Brings up, they were enemies a week ago. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> also, Fuck you, every Dusty Cup women's team who won the challenge for gold. Oh, my uh, God. They l- literally were the first champs, and they lost it immediately. Yep, we're rebooting this entire division to a year ago. Oh, my God. It was, a like, pretty much exactly a year ago, too, because yep. it was, like, the NXT episode after Standard Deliver last year. Oh. Uh, what is this? <laughs> well, on the outside, uh, late in the match, Wendy Chu interf- uh, uh, interferes with Gigi Dolan, causing Dakota and Raquel to get up, uh, pick up the victory here. <laughs> um, was- Why is Dakota not teaming with Wendy Chu in this match then? Uh- <laughs> the fuck is going on? Was it, it? It wasn't this match that I saw the clip of someone doing a six one nine and Wendy Chu using the pillow to protect Dakota. No, that was on NXT. Yeah, that was on TV. Yeah, and she she like puts up the pillow to protect Dakota from the six one nine. From I think it was who does it? It's Io Shirai that does it, doesn't she? Yeah. Yeah. Oh my god! It was like. It's one of my favourite spots I've ever seen with the pillow. <laughs> uh, but this match, um, more so just go back and watch it for Barrett actually saying on commentary and then actually leaving it in, in the VOD and just this making no sense coming le- out of left field. Hang on, how did I watch this entire main card and not know that a title changed hands on a pre-show? Because this title means nothing. We've been over this many a time. Just like the main main roster women's tag titles. Oh my God. Um, yeah, we're going in circles. Uh, next match. NXT <laughs> North American title. 
uh, only the one show on the kickoff. The rest of these are on the uh, the pay per view. Oh, not pay per view. Premium live event portion. Uh, yeah. So this is a ladder match. It features Carmelo Hayes, Santos Escobar, Solo Sokoa, Cameron Grimes, and Grayson Waller. Yep. Grayson Waller with Sanger. Sanger. <laughs> Shout out to any Corowa listeners we got out there that uh, drive up and down Sanger Street in Corowa. Uh, that's a real deep cut <laughs> reference that no uh, one gets. <laughs> Oh, God. Well, at least Warwick will get it. <laughs> uh, oh, I've got a question to ask you uh, when we get to WrestleMania. Uh, okay. This match was fine, but it got to a point for me where all five of the seconds are brawling, and then they're brawling in the ring in front of the referee, and the referee doesn't eject anyone. Like, yep. I understand it's no DQ, but if you're the referee and you're allowing seconds to just run roughshod, Shouldn't you be ejecting some of them? Yep. Yeah. Um, I thought this was an all right ladder match. It sort of followed the same formula of a lot of them in WWE. I um, mean, my issue is the booking of Grayson Waller and the fact that he is now just a one-spot pony. Like The fact he had, the, like, three opportunities to grab the belt and he chose to do Jeff Hardy spots. Yeah, like... They only booked Grayson Waller to do his, like, through the legs elbow off the top of things nowadays. That's what he is. Yeah. That's all he is to them now. He just does an elbow off of stuff. And that's cool and all, but this, it, it just doesn't scream like a healthy long future for Grayson Waller, and I want him to have a healthy long future. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, so do I. Um, I don't know. I, I like Grimes winning. They sort of need to go that way since they introduced the uh, the family element. Yeah, yeah, it's been overdue. Like, he's needed a big win, and it's about time he got one. Uh, this match was just another clusterfuck ladder match. <laughs> yeah. Uh, from there, singles match of... Tommaso Ciampa versus Tony D'Angelo. Hey, I'm wrestling here. Hey, I'm oh. G- hey. Um, I thought this was a fine match. Uh, Ciampa spending like three minutes trying to lift up the padding on the outside to yeah. the fans trying to point out to him lift it up from this side. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, other than dude. that, I was surprised AJ didn't really get involved all that much despite sitting ringside the entire event. Yeah, that was weird. AJ I mean, it was Galanti, a good change. Some dude from some Netflix show that I haven't seen, but yeah, cool. But it's good because the first two matches had interference, and as soon as I saw him ringside, I went, oh, fuck, we're getting interference again, aren't we? <laughs> um, Yeah, this was a fine match. Tony D'Angelo getting the win here. And uh, then after the match, you get the big send-off for Ciampa. Yeah. And Triple H came out. Oh, it's uh, Triple H. Yeah, and he just, like, spends, like, five minutes hugging Ch- Tommaso Ciampa on the stage, which I felt, like, dragged way too long. It was really weird. By the way, we haven't mentioned, but 
quickly, Triple H is now officially retired. Oh, yeah, I was going to mention that once we got to Mania. Oh, fuck, there's a spot to bring it up. Shit, okay. Yeah, yeah whatever. That's all right. <laughs> listening to this, I already know some news. Yeah, I, I forgot all about that thing. My God, it's been a big week. <laughs> yeah, you've been on socials more than me, so um, I'm just going to read the result, and then if we need to, we can discuss any of the news coming out of this. Um, NXT Tag Team Title Triple Threat Match saw Imperium, uh, Fabian Eichner, and Marcel Bartel defending against the Creed brothers, Brutus Creed and Julius Creed, as well as MSK, Nash Carter and Wesley, and MSK are the new champs after Stand and Deliver. Okay, first things first. I want to rename Brutus Creed, Brutus the Barber Creed Cake. Thank you. <laughs> well done, sir. <laughs> uh, now, uh, on to more serious things. Um Nash Carter has been released by NXT. So I haven't seen NXT this week. Did they address removing the belts from him on TV? No, because he got released like yesterday or today. Okay, after TV. After TV. So, yeah, I don't know what's going to happen here. Um. His wife or girlfriend or I assume former now, uh, yeah, Kimber his... Kimber Lee from Impact. We know her. His partner is. Yeah, like showed photos of herself, like heavily bruised up, and accused Nash Carter of doing it. And the rumor that's going around is the WWE didn't fire him for that. They fired him because of the following. I'm about to mention was. Kimberly posting a photo of Nash Carter. He's shaved his mustache into a Hitler mustache and is doing the Hitler salute. And that's why he got fired, reportedly. Well, fuck. Um, either way, uh, that is messed up. Yeah, um... I understand why they're skeptical about firing firing him about the Kimberley thing, considering, you know, they still got Riddle on the main roster. <laughs> so, they've still yeah. got Riddle. They've still got uh, Austin Theory had allegations against him. They have uh, Jordan Devlin over in the UK still, I believe. One of the Coffee Brothers, I believe, had allegations. Yeah. So. The fact that he did get released over that, yeah, okay, I get it. There's, it's not entirely like, uh, bulletproof like evidence against him on that, but there's a hundred percent. There's no way of arguing it in that other photo. <laughs> like, yeah, he fucked up. He did something pretty messed up. Yeah, yeah, that's no good. Or um. I knew he was released, but I've been so busy I haven't seen why or been able to look more into it from, um, say, The Observer or Post Wrestling or any credible websites. Well, I'm just going to say it right now. Like, out of the three rascals, he was the one I gave the least shit about anyway. So, 
fine. I'm happy with Wesley getting a singles run because he's super talented. If I was NXT, I'd be forking out some money. Hey, Trey Miguel, what's you up to? Yeah, Trey Miguel. Trey Miguel, Trey Miguel. Is he, I'm just having a quick look here. Impact He's Impact like the Impact, Impact He's still the exhibition champ coming out of multiverse of matches, yes. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, like, just replace the one rascal with another. Just do a straight-up swap. Here, you you can, because everyone that gets cancelled eventually has a run at Impact anyway. So, swap. here. Here, Nash Carter have a X-Division title run. And Trey Miguel, here's your NXT tag belt. We're just going to pretend you're the same person. Bye. <laughs> yeah. Oh, boy. Um. Yeah, it is what it is. It was the time to put on the Creed Brothers. They should have put on the Creed Brothers. The Creed Brothers are still green as, but it was their time. Yeah. And I if mean, you had done that, you wouldn't have had this situation. Yeah, I, I felt like MSK out of the three tag teams was the least interesting. So They've already had it too, haven't they? Yeah. So it's either have Imperium retain or put it on the Creed Brothers. MSK didn't need it even... MSK shouldn't have even been in this match. No. 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 Anyway, what else happened? Uh, women's four-way, speaking of things that didn't need to happen. You notice uh, the new belt. There's like yeah, col- it's a... There's like rainbow colours all throughout the NXT titles now. Oh. Okay, I didn't have a proper look at them, but um, yeah, that's a bit odd. Yeah, I'll I'll um pull it up. It's they've two point the titles now. Oh, that's why they would have done it. Okay, I thought they were being uh somewhat progressive or a hidden message there, but no, they're just going for two point Yeah. <clears throat> uh, yeah. So it is Mandy Rio, Mandy. I was going to say Mandy Leon. That's uh, completely wrong, Mandy. Mandy Rose, <laughs> the champion, versus yeah, p- p- one part of the allure. Yeah, versus Io Shirai versus Kaylee Ray versus Cora Jade. This should have been a fucking singles match with Cora Jade, and it should have been Cora Jade's time to get the title. Yeah. Um, this was a fine four-ways match, but I just found myself not caring. Yeah. Um, yeah, Mandy retains. Nothing really to write home about. But speaking of, yeah, next match, yeah. LA Knight versus Gunther. Uh, what the fuck? All right, I've got a complaint already. And this is the <laughs> weirdest complaint of all time. All right, I'm yeah. not going to complain about the fact that he's now called Gunther. I'm not going to get complain about the fact that his music is different. Is it just me or... Has he lost his mystique just because he's so shredded now? Yeah, like you're not wrong. Like, I get it. Like, it's good for him. It's good for his health. It's good for his future. But, like, now he's just, like, a... He's legitimately skinny now. That's what and, I thought when I saw him. I'm like, Walter's lost weight. I mean, like good he's, on the he had a He had a six-pack. He had his legitimate six pack. He he's legit built like Randy Orton now. 
because he's like the same height. He's got like a very similar physique to Randy Orton now, but he's still like doing the same moves, which like a dude like how Walter used to look slapping you in the chest is one thing, but then a dude that looks like Gunther now, like it just doesn't seem as imposing or menacing, but he still wrestles like he's this big, imposing, menacing dude. I don't know. It just doesn't work for me. No, I think this is the next de-evolution of Walter into Gumper. I mean, Vince has literally, like, just taken away everything that made this dude interesting, including his physical appearance. Well, next will be his uh, physical wardrobe. Gorm will oh, be yeah. the black he's, trunks and the big coat. He's going to have, like, knee pads within the next month. That's my prediction. There's no okay. way Vince is going to let him. Because if the rumors are true that he's going up, he's not going up without knee pads on. Vince hates people wrestling without knee pads. Yeah. Um, this was a fine match. It, I just kind of took me out of it that Gunther just looked so different. Yeah, um, it's just, it's weird. I don't know. Like, it'd be like if Samoa Joe just turned up at Ring of Honor, like, doing the exact same shtick, but he's shredded. Like, it just wouldn't work as well. Yeah. Oh, Alex has sent me a photo of the new NXT championships. Oh, they've actually changed the uh, the N to the new N shape and the T to the new T shape. And, yeah, yeah. coloured the uh, backing panels. Yeah. Silly. Uh, main event time. It is Dolph Ziggler, the NXT champion, defending against Bron Breaker. Early on, Robert Roode gets sent to the back. And then late in the match, Robert Roode comes back to pull Dolph out of the cover and the referee just shrugs his shoulders. Doesn't call for another ref to drag him back. Doesn't call for security to kick him out. Uh, this This match was fine. It just... I think when Dolph won, it just sort of let the air out of the room. Yeah, the only interesting thing about this match was that Dolph Ziggler busted out his, like, 2013 trunks. And his moveset, a zigzag. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, like, he decided that he's full-on going to wrestle and look like 2013 over as fuck Dolph Ziggler, except without the crowd response (laughs) um like this match was fine my god if i don't like brun breaker coming out in just a plain white singlet yeah like what was this entrance with the chainsaw yeah it's so weird and like he's meant to be this big tough dude but he's like all right I'm a big tough dude and I'm going to chainsaw through uh, X. But hang on a second. I've got to put my goggles on. More goggles. What is it this weekend with fucking goggles? Yeah. My God, we'll, we'll talk about some on WrestleMania night too as well. Um, with fucking early morning guy steel, Bron Breaker wearing goggles. And then later on, we'll talk about more fucking goggles. <laughs> Goggle oh, mania, man. brother. This was fine. Dolph wins. Dolph going to be a dominant champion coming into the uh, summer of NXT, it seems. Yeah, yeah. this is going to be a long-ass title reign. Yeah. Um, also, you would have missed out on the uh, 
the pre-show here of team hashtag index versus team hashtag doosha. Dosha? Doosia. Um, yeah, I saw, like, something of them. It was on the main card of, like, them going to a cowboy store and buying all these clothes and then they decide who's the hottest couple. Yeah, you were supposed to vote on social media with those hashtags. And I went, hashtag? Yeah, fucked. I like Indy. Indy's doing good in this role. Duke is not good at this role. I love Duke, but he's not good at this. Persia? This is not good for Persia. Persia's a big, badass woman who can wrestle her ass off. Actually, have we seen Persia and Raquel in a singles match since they came to NXT? No, that's what they should be building this fucking division around. Is like, <sighs> like this should be something that they're building up to until next year's stand and deliver. You know, like this is just absolute can't miss. But I think it, you mentioned this on uh, the Smack It Down podcast. Go check it where you can find all your good podcasts where Alex also hosts over there. Did you bring up how every Aussie and Kiwi is basically a horny bastard? Yes. Yes. Like, everyone... I don't know what they, what Vince or Bruce Pritchard or whatever thinks of us, but we're really horny in their mind. Because, like, what was Grayson Waller doing when he first showed up? It's all about Tinder, right? Yeah. Indy's constantly all over Dexter Loomis. Duke Hudson was, yeah, and Persia Parada. And then, like, basically, like, Peyton and Billy was undertones of they make out for fun at one point, right? I guess, yeah. Yeah, like, there was undertones of that. Like, yeah, it's just, I mean... Emma at one point was like kind of just like, hey, I'm hot and sexy. Oh, my God. Oh, what they're doing with Rhea? Rhea? My God. Yeah, BDSM. Uh, I mean, thank God they didn't do it with uh, Bronson Reed. Although I kind of would be interested in it. Yeah, it takes more sex rocks. Yeah, I mean, my God, yes. Uh, Someone yeah. remembers that farewell match from MCW. Oh, my God, that kiss. I'll still pop over that. Great. Um, yeah, my God. But, yeah, we're just horny people, I guess. That's what <laughs> they think of us. We're just super horny. Oh, Jeez, uh, I can't wait to finish this podcast so I can go make out with my missus because I'm so horny and Australian. <laughs> I hope uh, Missy has her headphones on and can't hear that. Anyway. I say worse to her. I say worse. Anyway, this show, two beers. Uh, my match of the show was the uh, Dolph Braun match. Um. My match of the show was um, Indy Hartwell and Dexter Loomis. Um, <laughs> and uh, I will give this half a beer because, my God, I hated every minute of this. This was 
there was nothing valuable. There was no reason. There was nothing coming out of watching this that made me feel like, oh, I'm, I'm at least glad I got to see this. Yeah. No, nothing. Fair enough. Uh, from there we go to event twenty-two, part of the collective. It is Mission Pro Wrestling bangers only. Did you catch this? No, I think um we've pretty much covered all the collective stuff I've seen now. Okay. Uh, so we started with a singles match featuring Janai Kai and Shazza McKenzie. Oh, banger. Oh, bangers only. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, really, really good show. This um, just focusing on women's wrestling being a women's only show, part of the collective now. You have a like a gay community show. You have a deathmatch only show. You have a blood sport sort of pseudo MMA type show. You have a women's only show. So the collective has sort of a flavor for everyone. Yeah. Um, to take off your uh, AEW 31 flavors of fruity. Uh, still going to. Oh my God. I forgot about that. <laughs> Oh my god, I'm such a bullshit artist sometimes. Ah, <laughs> um, oh, just I wouldn't mind, but it's just not possible. There's just not enough out there. An all Asian show on collective Maybe. weekend. They could do it, but they just have to bring over a lot of Japanese people. But I mean, like an all Asian American or something like that. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Give us all Asian in America. Um so uh where are we? I gave this four beers. Uh this also featured a Thunder Rosa versus Trish Andora match. Oh, Trish Andora is great. And in the main event for the uh was this Mission Pro Championship, Holly Dead the defending champion took on Lefisto. Oh, awesome. But my match of the night, I chose uh, the six-woman tag of the Renegade Twins, Charlotte and Robin Renegade, along with Jasmine Allure uh, versus the Hex, Alison Kay and Marty Bell with Laney Luck. Nice. Yeah. Um, yeah, as I noted here in my notes, this needs to be uh, like an annual part of the collective now, an all-woman show. Um, there was a great like a curtain call spot at the end of the show where uh, Lefisto is addressing the crowd saying, you know, women's wrestling can be the main event. It can be the match of the night. And we're not just a bathroom break. We're not just a snack break now. I mean, some of my favorite matches all weekend were women's matches. So, yeah, I agree. Uh, I, I think there is two more indie matches and then we are done as we get to event 23 it is unsanctioned pro presents mulligan i don't think alex caught this uh no (laughs) i'm just having a brief look through the uh the match up here seeing anyone who might uh jump out here to uh to alex uh we did see another mike bailey match against cole roderick uh, also, in the main event, a death match of Casanova Valentine versus Hoodfoot. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um, now, this this was a great show, um, sort of bell to bell, but 
one of the commentators is horsed on commentary and they leave him on announcing for the majority of the show. Think Michael Cole, main event, WrestleMania 35. Yeah, oh no. This also saw one of the smallest crowds for the weekend because this was either just before or just as WrestleMania was starting. Um, oh, yeah. So Vader comes on to commentary after one match and she's just sort of changing out with the other female commentator and then they both call the women's match together and then the male commentator comes back who's horse for most of the night. That was a big um, downturn for this show. Um, GCW really relies heavily on the crowd and these last two collective events had really small crowds, unfortunately. Um, match of the night for me was Christian Robinson versus Billy Starks. Yeah. Uh, I gave that two beers. Yeah, horse commentary for a whole show and a small crowd on an indie show. Um, yeah, just unfortunately, it doesn't work. Yeah. We get to WrestleMania 38, night one, Dallas in the shadows of the Sportatorium. <laughs> uh, I'm very excited to talk about this. So I uh, looked on the pre-show, saw no matches, went awesome. No WrestleMania pre-show for me to watch for two hours for nothing. Yeah. Uh, now, Alex has talked about before, he has uh, watch-long parties at his place, and the pre-show is usually a good thing to chuck on while you're getting snacks ready or maybe you got the barbecue on a bit early and you can have it on the background watching. <laughs> yeah. This, did you catch any of the pre-show and was there anything of note on there? Uh, I did catch some of it. So... This was a different WrestleMania weekend for me. I wasn't with Warwick. I wasn't with Ryan. I wasn't with my boys. I was five hours away in a town called Parks. I was um, helping a lot. Did you go play cricket? <laughs> no, I didn't. I didn't if go. If you get that reference, I, you get it. I didn't climb up on the dish. <laughs> I assume that's the reference there. Uh, yeah. My God. Um, had coffee at the dish though actually so i should have anyway um it was a really good cafe so eliza's grandmother it was her 80th so doing the good family thing going there and the sunday over here was the actual 80th and you know it's an 80th it's not going to start at bloody seven o'clock until midnight it's gonna start at well you guessed it 10 o'clock <laughs> and it's going to finish, well, you guessed it, like two or three o'clock, which pretty much means, you guessed it, I can't watch Mania Live. But I know what's meant to happen on this night of WrestleMania. And one of my favorites of all time, possibly having a return match, and one of my favorites of today possibly returning to the company. I'm not missing this for the fucking world. So I simply messaged this group with Warwick and Ryan, and I said, message me when Seth comes out. Message me when Kevin Owens comes out. And I'm going to grab my phone, and I'm going to run to the furthest away corner of this party, and I'm going to watch these matches. But... 
the first two hours, like leading up to WrestleMania, I was so pumped that I sat in Eliza's grandmother's spare bedroom watching the pre-show. <laughs> uh, oh, on my boy. phone. And let me tell you what happened on there. Yeah? Nothing. <laughs> and I was that excited about WrestleMania, I didn't care. <laughs> it was the most excited I've been about a WrestleMania. Like, it just suddenly hit me like two hours before Mania too. It was... It wasn't like I was super excited the day before. It was like the morning of. It all hit me like, holy shit, something special could happen today. I'm super excited. And, yeah, it's the most excited I've been for a WrestleMania since I was a kid. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I know. It's like a Christmas, the day rolls around, you're just like, yeah. Yeah, and it just, like, hit me all at once, and it was like, because, like, I had that moment of realisation of what could happen. I will say, when we get to night two, I didn't give a shit in the morning. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, boy. Um, so, we kick things off on the main event here. SmackDown Tag Team Championship sees uh, out first Rick Boogs and Shinsuke Nakamura. Um... Sponsored by Mike's Harder Lemonade or some shit. Yeah, what the fuck is this? Nakamura, you absolute knacker. This is a new low. Ring-sponsored gear. Get the fuck out. State of your gear, mate. Nah, I thought, the, I, thought the, I thought the gear looked cool. If you, if you removed the, the logo, I thought the gear looked cool on knackers. But well, when, uh, on Boogs, on. not so much. When Boogs came out and he was wearing that half-half gear, it didn't click to me. And I'm like, oh, okay, this is pretty cool. This is pretty cool. They're wearing special matching gear for for WrestleMania. And Did Shinsuke you see got... the guitar? Oh, yeah. The guitar um, was just a giant logo for that company. <laughs> oh. Yeah. And then... You know, Nakamura's out and he's got his lightning bolt. I go, okay, must be their thing. And then they're going to walk the corner and they've got an LED board in the corner opposite the hard cam now. I thought that's cool. I did too. On the barricade. Like yeah. yeah I, I, th I think it's been a long time coming. I've been, I remember having a drunken conversation with Warwick like a couple of years ago. When do you think the barricades will turn into video walls? Oh, like at the footy? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and um, I'm shocked it's taken him this long to do that. But, and then they've walked around, Cole's going, yes, sponsored by whatever brand it was. And I'm just like, oh, yeah, okay. Uh, so they're taking on the Usos, Jimmy and Jay, longest SmackDown tag team champs in history. And the Usos win here. Uh, After Boogs tears his quad slash yeah. Poor bugger. Yeah. I feel the... like Shinsuke and Boogs were going to win too because have you noticed, like, on if you've watched SmackDown every week, like, Shinsuke and Boogs are constantly in these ads. 
for some reason, like for different like car companies and like adventure stuff. Like for some reason, WWE is like using these guys as their marketing people. I don't get it. Yeah. So I feel like this, especially like they had like the mascot for whatever the sponsor was in the audience. I feel like this was meant to have like Shinsuke and Boogs win, but Boogs inju- Boogs's injury like sort of messed everything up. Yeah, that does not sound fun. What you say, a torn quad and patella? Yeah. <sighs> yeah, not fun. Yeah. Uh, no, thank you. Maybe because yeah, all signs have pointed to them winning. Maybe they just called it on the fly to yeah, uh, retain. Uh... I mean, the right decision is to have the Usos win anyway. Yeah. Uh, following that singles match of Happy Corbin with Madcap, oh, I'm sorry, with Andrew the Giant Memorial <laughs> Battle winner Madcap Moss in his corner taking on Drew McIntyre. Um, yeah, yeah. The guy that um, has legitimately main evented a WrestleMania before. <laughs> Mm. Oh yes, Drew. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, not Corbin. I was Corbin, thinking Corbin's not, main eventer. Not Madcap Moss. Not Andrew the Giant. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, this match to me was fine, and then it happens. Yeah. Corbin, end of days. One, two, Drew kicks out. Drew's kicked out of the end By God, my God. Uh, I bought it. I, I immediately rewatched like, the non-Seth, non-main uh, event segments after the 80th birthday, and I didn't know anything about these matches when I rewatched it. I bought this big time. Uh, I thought it was a great spot. The right yeah. place for someone to kick out of it. I don't know if Drew's the guy to kick out of it. Yeah. And, you know, I'm thinking, okay, well, Drew's going to get that and Corbin's going to stay on his win streak because they're playing that up at the moment as well, you know. He's had to give up one, his win streak or his, uh, his finisher. And I'm thinking, okay, yeah. you know, Corbin will still be saved here. And Drew Claymore and one, two, three, and Corbin loses his win streak as well. Yeah, so uh, the only positive that could come out of this is that Happy Corbin becomes Sad Corbin again and he gets his mustard stain back on his shirt because that was the best Baron Corbin and I want it back. Um, I'll mention something else here and then I want to know if you have uh, Warwick's thoughts on this match because Drew's his boy. Um, so Madcap Moss is up on the apron and he's mouthing off at Drew, and Drew has Angela, his big sword, and he goes to swing it, and Madcap drops off the ropes, and Drew cuts the ropes. So if Madcap had the moved, slow motion, yeah, of the sword and it bending like at a ninety degree angle, like oh yeah, no, that's real, real. Yeah. yeah. Um. So are we supposed to believe? that he wanted to murder Cap Moss at WrestleMania for a WrestleMania moment? I mean, I watched a YouTube, like, the post-match YouTube interview with Cor- with McIntyre, and he's like, oh, I was just sending a message to Madcap to step off. 
But if you didn't watch the YouTube thing, you wouldn't know that. So, yes, you are meant to assume that he was trying to murder a person on pay-per-view at WrestleMania. What a WrestleMania moment. He's literally sliced him down the middle with a sword. Um, what did Warwick think of the uh, McIntyre match? Do you know? Well, both him and I had a quick little chat in the group chat. Uh, mind you, uh, rightfully, my boy um, overpowered most of the conversation from night one than his boy. So, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm better at boys. Oh, that's out of context. Um, oh, shit. Uh, so, basically, it was just like, this match, we both thought this match was much better than it was than we thought it was going to be. I thought this match was good. I yeah. didn't think it was great. I thought it was good. I yeah. thought it, I thought it was going to be a whole lot worse, and I'm glad it was fairly brief. Fair enough. Uh, from there, the tag team match of Logan Paul and the Miz defeating the Mysterios, Dominic and Ray. Um, this was fine. I thought this was incredible. I thought Logan was a fucking superstar. Like, he looked like a million bucks. He fucking yep. played to the crowd perfectly. He knew how to work the hard cam. His selling was great, except for one moment, which we'll talk about after the match, where I thought his selling was spot on until then. Um, like, honestly, like, if I was WWE, I'm ba- backing up a truckload of money to this dude because he's a natural. Yeah. Um, Miz attacks Logan Paul after the match, after they win, and Miz walks off. So <laughs> and the... Logan Paul almost immediately stands up. So, who's... <laughs> So Miz is still heel and Logan Paul's a face again? Yeah, which isn't going to happen. Like, no. like they can book it like that, but it's not what the crowd's going to do. No, no, no. There's no way you're ever going to get any crowd anywhere in the world to cheer a Paul. Like, no way. Especially if he's coming out with a fucking PSA 1 of 1, 10 out of 10 fucking... Pikachu Illustrator Pokemon card that's worth $8 million or whatever around his neck. Do I have an Illustrator Pikachu? No. Uh, probably. So. You might have one, but you might you won't have a PSA graded 10 out of 10, whatever the fuck that is. You send it off and it gets graded by its condition. Yeah. Anyway, um, yeah, fucking... <laughs> Just crazy um, shit. Um, I thought Logan Paul's amazing. I look forward to him versus Bad Bunny as the main event of Night 2 next year. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, somewhere in here, we get a uh, video advertising WrestleMania next year. And it's Becky trying on a bunch of different glasses. And then it zooms out to reveal WrestleMania Hollywood logo. And it says, Saturday and Sunday. And my immediate reaction was, no, 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 God, no, 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 fuck off, you, no. You serious? You, no, I don't want two nights again. Do you remember what we used to get before the two nights? 
seven hours? Yeah, no. I'd much rather like two different nights than one seven-hour sitting. Oh, I'd rather one seven-hour sitting than two nights. Uh, you don't host parties for WrestleMania. <laughs> like, it's cool to have your friends around, but like, I only want Warwick around for like four hours. I don't want him over for seven. Fuck. <laughs> Uh, you ever smelt sure. the dude? Fuck. <laughs> oh, now I see why he doesn't want to come on the show with you. <laughs> Love you, Warwick. Um, um, at this point, Stephanie McMahon introduced Gabe Stephenson. Who? Gabe Steve. Uh, my God, you just fucked me up. Gable Stevenson, the Olympic gold medalist from the Olympics that got drafted to Raw last year. Okay, uh, you don't remember this? Since? No, I, uh, he's been doing the collegiate like wrestling thing. So his NCAA season just finished, and he won his second NCAA title. And now that he's finished his college, he's gonna go to WWE. But they drafted him to Raw last year just because he was still hot in the news because of his Olympic gold medal. Oh. Okay, then. So his, they think he's going to be the next Kurt Angle, but more ethnically diverse, so they just see money written all over him. <laughs> I think he'll be the next Chad Gable. I mean... That guy was an Olympic medalist. Yeah, well, he wasn't a gold medalist. Wasn't Dan Severin a gold medalist? No, Olympic. No, it wasn't gold. Mm. Yeah, the only gold medalist they've legit had is Kurt, despite what the Iron Sheik says. Because the Iron, Sheik, the Iron Sheik says that he won a gold medal for Iran in the 70s or 60-something Olympics, but it's just real easy to search up that he didn't. Oh, okay. <laughs> Sheiky baby. Uh, following that, we have the Raw Women's Championship match that sees Becky Lynch, the champion, defending against Bianca Belair. Uh, this match? The entrances alone, man. The Marvel-style Becky Lynch thing was great. And then she comes out, she's got her new hairdo because her hair got cut up and she looks great. She looks amazing. She looks like a megastar as per... But then the Bianca Belair, like they had the marching band and they're playing along to Be Bianca's music and Bianca just, yeah. I got goosebumps during that entrance. It was just amazing. And then the match. My God, this might have been my match of the night. Might have. Yeah. Um, this was a hell of a lot better than what I thought it was going to be. And, yeah, credit to it. A contender was, for match of the night. This is legit made my match of the year shortlist. I don't think it'll win it, but I made sure to note it. Yeah. Because I loved this match a lot. It was just so physical. It was brutal. Like, it was hard-hitting. It felt real. And Bianca's eye legitimately got swollen up. Oh, and, yeah, as we would uh, see on Raw. Yeah, and Bianca gets the win, and 
she's now like had two WrestleMania matches and she's won a title at each WrestleMania she's had a match in. So the streak continues. Yeah, and she debuted at WrestleMania the year before. So yeah, she's kind of like Mrs. WrestleMania, if you think about it. Yeah, well, it certainly isn't our next woman we'll talk down a little bit, but it is time for Seth Rollins versus Vince McMahon's hand-picked opponent in a uh, singles match. Uh, yeah, this is where I get a text message off Warwick. It's What's like, it say? Seth's coming out. And I look at Eliza like legitimately it's an 80th birthday party i can't stress that enough i'm legitimately sitting at a table with a bunch of old people eating lamingtons and shit (laughs) it's not a wild party by any means and i look at eliza and i go hey you know that thing i keep talking to you about that i'm really excited about but you clearly don't care but you just nod your head and say yeah Mm -hmm." well that's about to happen right now so I'm going to disappear for 20 minutes. And by the t- if I come back with tears in my eyes, it means it happened. And she's like, what? You could cry? And I was like, I very well could cry because of what happens here. And she goes, I'm going to watch you cry. <laughs> for support. Yeah, yeah, no, no. She just legitimately, like, um, I run off into a corner to watch this. Like, basically, like, near a shed and like near a shed in an empty paddock and I'm watching it on my phone and Eliza's on the other side of my phone just staring right at me laughing at me (laughs) (laughs) because like I'm trying to hide my emotions but she can see the eyes are tearing up they're getting watery I get real emotional at Wrestlemania so (laughs) so yeah um but, like, it all starts with, like, that choir and they're all singing along Seth's music, which I thought was amazing. And he looked, like, just fucking ridiculous and I loved it. He looked so fucking stupid in the most wonderful way. Was this another Game of Thrones thing? No, this was just Seth being over the fucking top. He, he was wearing, like see-through lace that's why i asked if it was a game of thrones thing i'm like what the fuck is seth wearing oh it's just it just suits though because his character is just so fucking ridiculous and oh my god he's just been the highlight of my life the last two weeks like the shit he's been doing is so fucking great and i used to hate this dude like three months ago so good for him oh yeah and then, then it happens. Holy so then fuck. Pyro hits and the lights go out. Wrestling has more than one royal family. Something Cody Rhodes. Um Oh, my God. Like, it it was surreal enough to hear the wrestling... They actually kept the wrestling has more than one royal family line in there. Like, yeah. I can't believe they kept that in for, like, two reasons. One, that line is 
fully making fun of the McMahons. And the the second thing about it is it says wrestling. <laughs> I can't believe they left in a wrestling reference. That's the more surprising part to me. I'm shocked it didn't like the music didn't hit and it goes sports entertainment has more than one royal family. <laughs> like imagine uh, if that happened. Uh, but like fuck it was surreal when the lights came back on and you saw the fucking ugly ass tattoo blasted all <laughs> over the arena. Like that was just surreal. Like hearing that song in WrestleMania Seeing the weird fucking augmented reality spinning around neck tattoo on the screen, like, oh, I, and I, I looked at Eliza and she's like, "Is that the guy?" And I was like, "It's him, it's him." I can't talk, and the, and like everyone in the group chats just like. Holy fuck. I I remember Warwick just writing unfucking believable and I just wrote I can't stop crying. <laughs> Why am I so emotional about this? But like I just remember like being like 17, 18 years old turning on Raw and seeing Dusty Rhodes like introduce his son. <laughs> Like, yeah, here's my son backstage to Randy Orton. And then Cody Rhodes has his debut Raw match with Hardcore Holly. And for some reason, I was like, that's my guy. Like, everyone has one. Like, Warwick had that immediately with Drew. You've got that with X-Pac. Oh, Um, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Like, everyone has that one guy. And... So, like, it didn't matter where he went. Like, I was following his fucking career. And then, and, like, in the back of my mind, I was always like, this is just a mid-card guy. But he's a fucking good mid-card guy. But, my God, this was main event shit. (laughs) Like, he came out and, and, like, part of me was like, yeah, but what sort of reactions he gonna get? Like, he gets fifty-fifty reactions at the best of times, and this was just one of the craziest WrestleMania pops I've heard in a while. And it was just like vindication, like holy shit, my guy might actually be the guy now if they don't fuck this up. Yeah, this would be probably the best. WrestleMania reaction since the Hardys return? Yeah, I, I mean, I've I've compared them since and it's like, yeah, the Hardy boys got a bigger reaction because I think it was a bit more of a surprise but fuck like but then the match happens, dude and the match was fucking amazing like it was a really fucking good match. Am and I Am yeah. I wrong in thinking this is Seth's best WrestleMania match since 31 versus Randy Orton? Yeah, and I would argue that like 31 with Randy Orton was good, but that was just one spot. <laughs> like that match was an all right match, but it's just one spot that made the match decent. I'd say 
in my humble opinion, which I there's really no way for me to be completely biased about anything, especially with this, because this I've I've already said it this week. This is my favorite WrestleMania moment of all fucking time. <laughs> uh, like, there's no way for me to be biased. I think this is Seth Rollins' best WrestleMania match. Yeah, uh, yeah, absolutely. I'm agreeing with that. I'm just saying, what to me, straight off the top of my head, his like, next best would be 31. Yeah, um, yeah. Since then, like he was injured at 32. He had Triple H at 33. Yeah, he had Triple H at 33. 34, he was in, like, a four-way for the IC belt. 35, he had Brock Lesnar, and that was a quick one. 36 was Kevin Owens. In, Which in was good. No, it was really good, but there was no fans. 37. That was the PC mania, yeah. Yeah, 37. Who do you have last year? Why the fuck can I remember everything he's done? I can tell you that at WrestleMania fucking 30, he was part of a six-band tag w- with the rest of the Shield and fucking against Kane and the New Age Outlaws, but I can't tell you who he wrestled last year. Kane and the Outlaws. <laughs> who the fuck did he wrestle last year? Hang on, give me a minute. <laughs> Do you remember know. off the top of your head? I don't remember what I had for breakfast. How am I supposed to remember anything? Edge? Was it Edge? No. Um... No, because Edge was with Roman and Brian. Yeah. He had a match with Cesaro. That was his best match. Oh, That's yes. Right. It was really That was really good. good. I forgot all about it, but it was really fucking good. Yeah, I Cesaro find the two... Won. How'd that work out? The two pandemic WrestleManias are sort of the, that weird melding yeah. of time where it, everything's forgettable. Yeah, um... um what he a fucking the, match. When was the last time Cody even used a running top rope Cody cutter? Yeah, no, I can't recall it. Like, I think he's, he did it a few times. He did it once against Kenny in their in a, match. In, in AEW? Uh, New Japan. Or New Japan, yeah. Because I was like, thinking about this today at work, and I'm going... I can't remember off the top of my head him ever doing that in AEW. Nah, I think he did it once in New Japan. Um, yeah. Also, like, it's the first time he ever did the proper bionic elbow. Mm. He never did his dad's spots before because he he always felt like he didn't want to do it because he didn't want it. He wanted to do his own thing. But now he feels comfortable to just like do it. I've watched a million Cody interviews this week. <laughs> ah, fair enough. Um, yeah, so he now feels like, oh, you know what? I can be as, just as over as my dad. So yeah, I'll use his stuff, and maybe it'll, it'll help people remember him instead of me worrying about it, me piggybacking off of him. But um, yeah. My only issue was how quickly Seth kicked out of the crossroads. Yeah, it was a little bit NXT takeover-ish, but... um. Yeah, I I just... I don't know. It's his first match back. Perhaps he could have protected his finish a little better. But it's Seth Rollins, too. I mean... 
Yeah. You don't. Um, at, at the same time, this is a guy who was a was a uh, EVP of your opposition that destroyed NXT for two years. Do you yeah. want him to come in and look completely strong against someone who's a main eventer or at I, that level? I mean, they could have gone 50-50 without having to have his finish kicked out of. Yeah, maybe. He's got, um, he's got enough false finishes, like his Cody cutters, his Alabama slams. He's got, like, his... Uh, what was he call it? The beautiful disaster kick, the disaster kick or whatever. He's got a lot of false finishes that could have been fairly believable without whoring out the crossroads. Um, we should keep going because we've still got a little bit to touch on. Um, yeah, but fuck, amazing. Cody match. gets a win here. Uh, this was my match of WrestleMania night one. Yeah, uh, I agree, obviously. Uh. Following that was the Hall of Fame package. Everyone stands out and waves. And then Taker comes out and there's the usual. Later. <laughs> yeah. Usual gong, fog, lightning, pyro, the whole shebang. And Taker sort of just poses there. Uh, we then go into the co-main event of the evening. It is the SmackDown women's title. Charlotte Flair, the defending champ against Ronda Rousey. And look who drew <laughs> Drew ref duties for this match. I didn't even notice who. Have a guess who's a WWE ref who has an affiliation with the Flares. Charles Robinson, right? Very good. Yes. Yes, Little Nate Drew drew ref duties. Still on the payroll of the Flares, it seems. Oh, it's absolutely rigged. <laughs> uh, if, if you're Ronnie, that's what you'd be coming out and saying. <laughs> Um, I mean, that's natural, right? But no, they won't do that because they refuse to acknowledge referees have have personalities or souls or names. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, I felt this match was very slow, flooding. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, point, thought, I thought this was a steaming pile of shit. <laughs> at points, like Charlotte seemed frustrated with Ronda and then I sort of started to get it back together, and then Ronda would get frustrated with Charlotte. Isn't this exactly what I said would happen? I don't think it fell apart that much, though. Like, I thought, train wreck completely. We somehow got with, oh, we sort of skidded off into the mud. The fucking finish was a big boot in 2022. Diesel? Like... Even Diesel did a powerbomb. Even uh, fucking Hulk Hogan followed up the big boot with a leg drop. Yeah, this match sucked. Ah, uh, just ass. Just horrible. This, although I know what you normally say about the WWE cards, and this was right. This was, as much as I hate to say it about the women's wrestling specifically, but how WWE structures their card, there's usually a bathroom break match before the main event. That's what they did here. I mean, this was originally meant to be the main event of WrestleMania Night 1. Fuck. Could you imagine? Good night from Dallas. And oh my. Charlotte's music is going... Doo, 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 doo. 
Yeah, fuck that. Holy shit, this sucked. Like, Ronda's... Oh, the only good thing about this was Charlotte Flair looked cool coming out for her entrance. She looked like a million bucks. But my God, she hasn't wrestled a good match in three years. Like, she's lost it. How has yeah. she passed her prime already? Like, she's literally proven time and time again she's not as good as she was the last time they were in Dallas. Yeah, there's there's things I could say there, but uh, I'll uh, tell you off air. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, boy. She's just, I, I don't know, man. Like, and then Ronda, like, she's had a couple of good matches before, but this has been a shitty run for her. And then there was, like, rumours floating around the internet that day that, like, Ronda was furious backstage because the finish got changed and she wasn't winning anymore. But, like... No, fuck. no, that doesn't sound like Ronda cracking yeah. the shits and taking her ball home. No, what do you mean? Yeah. Roddy wouldn't do that. And it's like, what do you expect, Ronda? You've been back for a few months now and no one gives a fuck anymore. Like... You just had to be honest. Resonated. I didn't give a fuck in the first run. <laughs> yeah, but like at least in the first run, there was like that bit of like, oh, I wonder what this is gonna be like. But now it's like we've seen it all before. We've seen this fucking match before. So like, that's why I said Survivor Series. So who gives a shit? Like, my God, I just wish like. Becky and Bianca got the spot Charlotte and Ronda got. Because <laughs> yep. that would have made this night almost perfect. If we just started a bit shitty and got better as we went, my God. This this night was great, but this fucking match almost ruined it. Yeah. Uh, following that is the KO show segment. Kevin Owen comes out, calls out Stone Cold. Stone Cold uh, comes out, does like his walk down one side of the stage, does his pose, but he can't do the fingers anymore because I don't know. Even though he, the crowd still does it to him, he occasionally snuck one in. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't on the uh, the wide shots though for his uh, entrance. He tries not to. It's like usually yeah. like if he's down the crowd taunting someone, he'll sneak him in. Yeah. Um. What was I going to say here? Yeah. So he goes to. He goes to walk down, then think, thinks better of it. Goes backstage and gets a an ATV. Does rides down, does a couple of laps around the ring, and then climbs in the ring. Just starts throwing all of uh, Kevin Owens' signs over the top rope, poses in the turnbuckles, and then says, "Well, they sort of have a brief talk." And then Kevin's like, "Yeah, you want a match? Okay, let's have a match." Yeah, great. And the crowd just goes nuts when the bell rings. What's that? We got a ref here calls for the bell. Ring my bell! <laughs> uh, this was a fun, no-holds-barred match. They like, brought... it, it wasn't a fucking classic, but it was exactly what it needed to be, and the crowd made it. Oh, yeah, absolutely the crowd made it, because they brought out into the crowd. Yeah. Uh, I really enjoyed this. Um, oh, so good. Match of the night for me, but what a way to send out Stone Cold. And, you know, Stone Cold's there celebrating after his victory. He's having the beers and he looks over to commentary and who does he call in the ring? 
why it's his good and close personal friend of 316 day, Byron Saxton. <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> so Byron gets to have a beer with Stone Cold in the ring, you know, like a little childhood dream come true, sharing a beer with Stone Cold at WrestleMania. <laughs> and, and Byron gets... And- and just like 316, Stone Cold fucking kicked him in the nuts again, not the gut. Did you notice that? Yes. Byron's fucking sell of the stunner, by the way. Like, I was like, going out of this night, I was like, fuck, this might have been one of my favorite stunner cells of all time. But uh, that quickly gets the, the crown quickly gets lost to the next night. Yeah, okay. Um, fun, fun WrestleMania. Uh, last little notes here. The WrestleMania set is shit. It hasn't been great since WrestleMania 33 in um, Florida, in my opinion, the roller coaster one. I, I didn't hate this one. It was like at least slightly different. It wasn't just a flat screen, it was an angled screen <laughs> with a star yeah. on it. Um, I mean, they've done that in. Um, Superdome, New Orleans, with the giant fleur de leaf. Um, yeah. But it is sort of when we were growing up, you'd have your big elaborate. And uh, I, st- I still think, I still think WrestleMania 17's set is like one of the best of all time. Do you want to send me a photo of that one quickly? Yeah, like okay, and, and it's nothing like over the top. It's just very simple yet like. It still seems grand. Um, uh, so yeah. the WWE stated crowd is 77,899. Do you know how many has been uh, reported by sites like Wrestling Observer, WrestleNomics, WrestleTix, the reported crowd number? Uh, no. Okay, so your reported crowd number from sites like Wrestling Observer, WrestleNomics, WrestleTix is 65,719. That's about 12,000 less than what they claim. Yeah. Oh, yes, the X7 set. Yeah, like it's fucking classic. It's simple, but it's like classic, man. Um, I'm going to pull up the WrestleMania 19 set as well because it's simple, it's classic. Um, this WrestleMania, I thought there was sort of more miss than hit and a bit more filler. I said three beers. For night one? Yeah. I'm giving it five. I thought it was near perfect except for Charlotte and Ronda. And, you know, the tag match was ruined by injury, but I thought Drew and Corbin exceeded expectations. I loved Becky and Bianca. Um. Yeah, just pretty much everything except for Charlotte and Ronda, like, was great to me. Fair so I, I loved it. Yeah, I'm giving it five. So we get to the final event of the collective. It is event number 25 of the weekend. Uh, this was supposed to feature Barbarian and Ming, but uh, Ming had to cancel. Fuck. Yeah. Uh, of note on here was. Uh, I'm guessing you're not going to watch this. What is it? What is uh, the Black, event name? Black Label Pro Norm. N-O-R-M. Okay. 
So we have on here featuring Jess McKenzie versus Billy Starks. Mm-hmm. Jessica Troy versus Kobe Durst. Mm-hmm. We also see Effie versus Charlie Hoss. Nice. Yeah, I'm War happy Horse, with that. Warhorse versus Big Damo. Uh, the War Work Horseman versus Davy Richards and Mike Bailey. Interesting. Uh, and then you also have a where were we? A six-man tag team match of Carlos Romo, uh, Titus Alexander, and Kevin Blackwood versus Violence Is Forever, Dominic Garcia, Kevin, sorry, Carini, and Kevin Koo, along with Filthy Tom Lawler. Interesting. Unfortunately, this is uh, Tom Lawler's only televised appearance out of uh, the Collective <laughs> and sake. WrestleCon. Fuck Your sake. New Japan Strong Champion. Fucking idiots. <laughs> uh, in ring again, much like the uh, the previous Collective show that I mentioned, the Unsanctioned Pro Mulligan, uh, Black Label Pro Norm suffers from a small crowd, and this being straight after WrestleMania Night 1, going from 12 midnight to 3 a.m. Oh, dear. Okay. Uh, I said two beers. It was a fine show uh, in ring. Yeah, just it suffers from small crowd, which is quite the timing of the show. And some of the wrestlers, sort of, it's their last match of the weekend. They're being a bit uh, sore. Yeah. Uh, so we close out Saturday. My final indie show of the day was Effie's Big Gay Brunch. The other yeah. indie show of the day, I think you only caught one or two. Yeah. Um, what did I catch? What was not... I don't even remember what happened that day. Okay, I'm bringing it up for you. Uh, hang on. We had... As it's loading. Sorry. Uh, we had Effie's Big Gay Brunch, USA versus the World. Mission Pro Wrestling Bangers Only, Unsanctioned Pro Mulligan, or Black Label Pro Norm. Yeah, I didn't get to say any of that, so I'll, I'll um, take abstain. your word. For, yeah, I'll abstain. Yeah, I think I, I think we're up to the point where I haven't seen any of the indie stuff now. Okay, uh, my indie match of the day was Jessica Troy and Rachel Allering. Of course. And, and my indie MVP. Um, I'm trying to give this to some people who stand out who I haven't seen much of before. Uh, Janai Kai had a match on Mission Pro Wrestling, Bangers Only, and Unsanctioned Pro Mulligan. Good. I think this show would have um, suited better being, uh, like the past two uh, collective shows would have been more suited to a Sunday morning, Sunday afternoon schedule yeah. for the crowd. Um, yeah. And yeah, your wrestlers in general. Uh, so we kick off. Sunday, WrestleMania 38, night two, Dallas. Event 36 of the weekend, uh, 26 of the weekend. Jeez, we are getting up there. Kicks off with uh, Triple H coming out uh, and officially retires in front of the rings, hugs his family ringside, uh, leaves his boots in the ring. There's sort of a nice um, silhouette shot of them as uh, they fade to the opening package. Was this Mark Wahlberg in the opening packages for some reason? Yes. I don't why? know why. <laughs> I don't know why, but he's he's got a good voice for it, I guess. Yeah. Um, um I did quickly, notice... 
quickly Go. your thoughts on Triple H's retirement. You're you're a DX mark from way back, then. so so it's like sad. Yeah. Um, probably because I thought the guy still had a couple more years in him. Um, I mean, like it's just such shit timing. I wish he had like just one more match left in him because him versus Cody needed to happen. Yeah. <laughs> like it just needed to happen. It writes itself. I know. Um, I'm glad though, in a way that he sort of discovered his health problems and went to the doctor and he's going to look after himself and all that for him and his family and whatnot. But, um, we did see him live. Yeah. His last few years, he's sort of been, uh, waning a little, I guess you could say, but, um, for me, peak Triple H is 98 to 2000. Oh, yeah. Which is DX leader, my time. Sort of where he's working his way up to that title. Then the McMahon-Helmsley era. Um, yeah. Quickly, favourite Triple H match of all time? Oh, I'm always going to be a sucker for that Triple H-Taz match. Smackdown. Yeah, that's a good call. Uh, personally, um, for me... Um, Royal Rumble 2000 versus Cactus Jack. Uh, How many Triple H matches have you seen live? I've seen two. Which one's your favourite? Out of the ones I've seen live in person. It's it's either The Undertaker and Triple H uh, Super Showdown or it's Triple H versus Brock Lesnar versus The Rock at Global Warning Tour. What a fucking trio. What a main event that is in hindsight, by the way. Um, like, yeah, it's obviously that triple threat. <laughs> yeah. Because, like, all three men are just like, well, one of them's green as shit, but still amazing at that point in time. Brock Lesnar's, like, really new. And Rocket Triple H are at their absolute peak. So this is, like, huge, jacked up, just came back from quad injury Triple H, too, so... Yeah. Is that the year he returned at the Rumble? Yeah. That's it was a the good year, memory. The year that he re- like he returned at like the first roar of that January at Madison Square Garden to announce that he was going to enter the Rumble and then he won the Rumble. Madison Square Taven. Yes. <laughs> Madison Square Helmsley. <laughs> oh man. Um of course him forming DX or reforming yeah. DX are uh, calling out the outlaws. You look to your blood. You look to the click. Yeah, and then fucking Sean Waltman comes out and JR's like, oh, what's he doing here? Oh, not him. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't JR leave the other company to get away from him? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's what he said, something like that. Um, oh, my God. Like, I loved it. Like in going back and watching it, the evolution stuff's great. Except for the yeah, fact that he he never puts anyone over, but like every week on Raw, evolution was amazing. Terrorizing. Yeah. But um, um let's who talk was about supposed to be the original fourth in evolution Ma- Mark instead Jindrak. of the Mark Jindrak. Oh. One fucking 12th of the natural born thrillers or whatever. 
one seventh. Thank you. Seven. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> I suppose you could say eighth if you want to include Kevin Nash in that illustrious stable. <laughs> oh, Everyone had a tag team title run, and um, oh, what's his name? Sanders, I think, had like three cruiserweight title runs during that. Yeah. Yes, oh, I've been doing God. some hard work for Fugs. Yeah, I was going to say, I wonder why you're researching that. Hmm. Anyway. Anyhow, uh, we kick things off Sunday night to in-ring action. We go to the Raw Tag Team Triple Threat match of RK-Bro, Randy Orton, and Matt Riddle. Needs more giant white snake on the entranceway. <laughs> <laughs> or more coiled brown snake. <laughs> I was going to say, uh, that... That white snake sure was a tough one to swallow. Uh, it's getting like humans. It uh, is. It is. Uh, we're working blue today, fellas. Uh, I just quickly want to say that night two, um, this this is how I was watching it this time. You thought I had a bad watching scenario that night one, night two. We're driving home from park, so I'm sitting in the passenger seat. I was like, Eliza, you're going to have to drive because I've got to watch WrestleMania. <laughs> but um, it's like a five-hour drive or something, so I'm like, yeah, easy, enough time to watch WrestleMania. <laughs> Any other year, maybe not. But the problem was half of my drive, I had like one bar of reception and was going in and out. I had to keep refreshing and, oh, my God, it was such a pain in the ass. So, yeah, so some matches I, I saw little bits of and then the what reception you, cut out. What are you talking about? Telstra covers 98% of the Australian population. It's just 98 of that percent <laughs> live in either capital cities or cities close to on the coast. Yep. Uh, To be fair, I was getting a lot, like, I'm Telstra, Eliza's Optus, and I was getting heaps more reception than she was. She pretty much had nothing for five hours. Yeah. Uh, The only reason I'm still with Telstra is because, as Alex knows, a lot of my family up in the bush in northeast Victoria, you get, well, the last time I visited, you still got no reception with Optus. Yeah. Yeah, well, Uh, um... Tells true. Hey, fuck this conversation. Let's talk about wrestling. <laughs> so, RK Bro, defending champs against Street Profits, Angelo Dawkins, and Montez Ford against um, uh, Alpha Academy, Chad Gable, and Otis. This was an all right opener. I thought this was a pretty good match. There's a couple of groovy little RKOs in there. Um, yeah, it was just a fun sort of try to hype up the crowd opener, which is fine. Um, I still wish Chad Gable would have won because I love him. But we get Gable Stevenson getting physical at the end here. Yeah. Uh, Beating down Chad Gable, which was fine. Sure. I guess that's going to be his first uh, match when he comes in. I guess so. At least um, Chad's going to be a pretty good guy to look after him and that protect him and whatnot. Uh, Yep. So... RK Bro there retain second match of the night sees Bobby Lashley defeat Omos. Um, yeah, uh, unfortunately, my reception came back for this match. <laughs> oh boy, uh, this was a fine match. They sort of put themselves in a corner here, of uh, much like Drew 
getting the win over Corbin when Drew was already made. Bobby Lashley is sort of already made. Why are you giving him Omos's win streak? I get that Omos wanted worthy competition, but it's like he couldn't have given us Ricochet or something. Yep. Uh, like, I think they're on opposite brands. I can't tell you which mid-card titles on which show because it doesn't matter for WrestleMania. Nope. But, um, yeah, Bobby getting the win here over Omos, that was an alright match. Yeah, I Anything... mean, Bobby is a babyface is perfect, and hopefully this means, like, him and Roman shortly. Uh, we get to the Anything Goes Jackass match. Johnny oh, Knoxville yeah. versus Sami Zayn. Thank God my reception held out for this because this was fucking amazing. <laughs> I loved this match. Like, like I, I've got this and one other match, like, back and forth as my match of the weekend <laughs> because I thought this was great. Fuck, Cornette would hate this. Um, this was, like... Say what you want about deathmatch wrestling. This was legit a deathmatch. This was as much. This was just a GCW deathmatch without blood, without light tubes. Yeah, I think of that as ultra violent anyway. Yeah, like some of the shit I've seen, like at GCW, like I've seen GCW matches exactly like this, where it's just like run around and like, oh, can you catch me? But yeah, this. Oh my god, the fucking pop for Wee Man. I think there's one spot in particular here you'd be very excited to talk about with uh, Knoxville getting uh, something from under the ring. What the mouse traps? Uh, after that, the giant mouse trap. Before that, taking up one of your uh, favorite sporting hobbies. Oh my god, yeah. So, yeah, fuck yeah, the bowling ball. So, in the replay, (laughs) one of my favourite clips as to why I fell in love with bowling is this clip of this dude called Pete Webber. And he he bowls a strike and he wins the big championship or whatever. And this is filmed on, like, ESPN 5 or 6 or whatever. And he looks at the camera and he goes, Yes, I get it! And it's like this frail, like, 60, 70-year-old-looking man. And he's, like, short and he's skinny. He's like, yes, I did it. Who do you think you are? I am. Anyway, on the replay of this, Pat McAfee does that exact quote when they're replaying the bowling ball. (laughs) And I just (laughs) lost my shit. I was like, I was not expecting a PBA professional bowler, Pete Webber, reference on Wrestlemania but I got it um so up until night uh after night one I was like oh you know what nothing's gonna beat Cody as the most like amazing second generation star returning to Wrestlemania that has you know tie-ins with AEW no that got topped on night two in this match, when we got to see the return of May Young and Mark Henry's son, really? the giant, the giant hand that hit Sami Zayn in the <laughs> face when Johnny Knoxville 
when Johnny Knoxville was chasing after Sammy with the taser. Yep, so Cody Rhodes is the second best second generational star with AEW tie-ins today to return at WrestleMania this weekend. Oh, boy. Um, I thought this was a really good match. Uh, ends with the giant mousetrap and Knoxville yeah. pins Sammy under it. I fucking uh, loved this so much. I've watched it like... Th- I've watched this match back more than I've watched Seth and Cody. <laughs> so, th- so that tells you something. Although I've watched the Cody entrance like a hundred times. <laughs> uh, following that was the WWE Women's Tag Team Championship Fatal 4-Way match. Out come uh, Naomi and Sasha. Then out come yep. Natalia and Shayna. And they talk up, you know, Natalia... Wanting to get her WrestleMania moment here. He's like, uh, probably not this year. But now come Liv Morgan and Rhea Ripley, who commentary state it's Catwoman and Donnie Darko. Yeah, when it was clearly Batman. <laughs> like, why the fuck would Donnie Darko be <laughs> hanging out with Catwoman? Uh, so yeah. when these two come out, so you know how a car is how a car works when someone's sitting in a passenger seat and they're watching something on their phone if there's two people in the back seat they can see it right uh, so um, you were traveling with others so i was traveling with uh eliza's brother and his husband so yep. <laughs> so yes a very gay couple see me sitting in the front seat and out comes Rhea and Liv looking the way they do. And, like, I've got my AirPods in. I'm just chilling. And they look at me like, what the fuck are you watching? <laughs> I'm like, this is wrestling. <laughs> and, like, Eliza's brother-in-law is like, oh, because he's from Israel. He's like, oh, I used to watch wrestling when I was younger. I remembered The Undertaker and uh, Tatanka. I was like, of all the people you fucking remember Tatanka? <laughs> Did you reply to him, Buffalo? <laughs> Buffalo. <laughs> Buffalo. Uh, um, uh, yeah. Um, I was like, yeah, nah, nah, these two are just like Tatanka. Watch. <laughs> but yeah, they just like thought for sure I was watching porn. Uh, yeah. Very, <laughs> very different get up here, but uh, very in keeping of Rhea's general aesthetic i guess yeah yeah <laughs> i'm trying to be nice humans i mean fuck she, she's been blowing up the internet with some of her photos she's putting up online like i literally can't scroll through twitter now without seeing like someone getting thirsty over Rhea ripley now oh boy uh oh yeah her. and there's the champions in this match that we forgot to talk about carmella and queen selena yep cool <laughs> um these titles, do they mean anything now? No, but I will say this is the best I've ever seen Carmella look in the ring. I thought this yep. was a really good performance by her. I forgot to say this on night one, by the way. Quickly, Dominic Mysterio had his best in-ring performance in that Logan Paul match. Yep. He looked amazing. Anyway, Carmella, like, this is the best I've seen her look in ring ever. Um like, usually I'm not a fan of Naomi's in-ring stuff, but it was fairly decent here. And um, 
I get that Liv's over, but I haven't really been a big fan of her bell to bell, but she was really good in this match too. I think the people that I thought was going to blow me away in this match didn't blow me away, like Rhea and Sasha. But, yeah. Yeah. Um, The only constant was that Natalia sucks, and she still sucks. Oh. Uh, Naomi and Sasha getting the win here, becoming new champions. Yeah, good. Good. Following that, a singles match of Ed versus AJ Styles. Oh, my God. All right, I'm going to find a little... I'm going to find a clip on Twitter to send to you because someone fucking... Uh, did the Edge entrance, someone had the Edge entrance and played uh, the House of Torture music over the top of it. Oh, dear Lord. And it works so fucking well. Like, Edge is just evil now. Well, uh, we might as well get there because um, Edge wins with help from uh, someone ringside and now Edge being evil, both start with E, he now has his, uh, I guess, dick to go. Yep. Race uh, to go. Uh, here we go. This is just loading up. Maybe he's born with it. Maybe it's Maybelline. AJ's hair. <laughs> oh. AJ immediately got himself busted open by walking into the corner of, a st- of the WrestleMania stage, if you noticed. Hey, he's just uh, paying homage to one Bill Goldberg. Yeah. So, so you up to the music playing yet? No, it's still loading. Ah, uh, so um, I think yeah. Edge's new theme song's cool, by the way, but yeah. Okay, here we go. Why does it, this fit so well? Like, it works so fucking well. <laughs> Ed should start spelling his name with all capital letters. <laughs> Just Edge! <laughs> Whoever's done that's done a really good job. Like, the pyro's timed in. Yeah, anyway. Um, Edge looked cool. I thought this match was, like, all right. It was a bit... So, I think Edge and AJ and Cody and Seth should have swapped nights. Yeah. If Edge and AJ happened on night one, it would have probably have been the best male match on night one. So then more people would be talking about it leading into night two. But because they had to technically follow Seth and Cody from the night before, it just wasn't going to live up to it. Yeah, that's true too. Um, a, fi- a fine little match, I thought. Yeah, it was uh, all right. From there, we get our promised tag team match from night one. There's now on night two. It is the new day. Woods and Kingston taking on the team of Holland and Sheamus with Butch in the corner. And, you know, I thought, oh, get up, I'll go get a drink and I'll come back and just let this play through. Did you watch the uh, the video package between uh, Edge finishing and this match starting? Yeah. 
they showed the fucking broken neck in full. Yeah, stupid. I thought they're going to do the normal WWE thing. They're going to keep the commentary playing and stop it like a freeze frame or, you know, fade to black and then show Big E on a stretcher and his Instagram post. This took me out of the match. I mean, the match was fucking just like a minute. Um, Yeah, well, these poor bastards got cut from night one and then got sandwiched into night two. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, I came back and I sat down. I've looked up and it's just like, uh, Big E broke his neck and I'm like, oh, fuck. Yeah. It, uh, I don't care how many times you see that. Like, that still turns my stomach. Um, yeah. Yeah. Not, not a good match. <laughs> no. Uh, then they had the Hall of Fame package again on night two. And then Throughout the fucking Undertaker does the whole fucking thing again. Yep. Uh, following that was the singles match of Pat McAfee versus right. Austin Fury. All right. So Pat's coming out for his entrance. Like, I'm still in the passenger seat, and Seven Nation Army plays, and I legit got fucking goosebumps. I'm getting goosebumps right now thinking about his entrance. I thought his entrance was so simple. But it was easily my favourite entrance of the entire fucking two nights. It was so fucking cool. Just everyone like, singing Seven Nation Army. Like, Seven Nation Army? Is this a Melbourne victory game? <laughs> well, uh, yeah, the few, few times I've been to their games, they have that point. They pump that one a fair bit. Um, yeah. But then, like, just as the match is about to start, reception goes out. Um, yeah. As you as you continue to recap this, I have watched it back in full because I like okay. this match. But I will let you know when my reception comes back on as you recap this. I don't have a great deal of notes for this one because right. this sort of goes into two parts here. Uh, McAfee <laughs> sort of uh, trying to get the up hand over Fury here and surprisingly gets the win. I thought this was really good match. Like. <laughs> This was really solid. He looked like a star. Like, ma- like they had three celebrity matches, and I think three for three. They, All of them were nailed out of the park. <laughs> like, every single celebrity match was amazing. Yeah, yeah, you're actually, you're right. All of them were really good. Yeah, all three of them were great. I would, if... If these are the three celebrities they use every year, I'm fine with it. <laughs> because they're great. In fact, I would fucking love to see Pat McAfee versus Johnny Knoxville. Um, but yeah, I loved this. Uh, so many like good spots of like McAfee just showing his natural athleticism. Uh, so, why don't you go over what happens after here? So... Uh, McAfee wins, and then he's sort of shaping up to McMahon, and McMahon gets in the ring and takes off his jacket. He's got his singlet on. And uh, Austin... So this is where my reception came back on. Okay. Can you imagine uh, how fucking confused I am when my reception comes back on and I've got uh, shirtless Vince McMahon in the ring with Pat McAfee? <laughs> A little bit, yeah. Yeah, I was confused as fuck, and I was marking out. Oh, boy. Uh, So, 
Ferry uh, knocks down McAfee behind, uh, from behind, and McMahon calls for the referee to ring the bell. So this match is official. McMahon versus McAfee. At one point, Austin Fury gets on the uh, ring apron and hands McMahon a new egg. It's a Dallas Cowboys football. That's exactly what I thought they were referencing. I uh, thought they were referencing the egg thing, but I honestly don't think they've thought about it since. No, no, I don't give them that much credit. Um, yeah, I thought this was a really fun match. I mean, Dan <laughs> is old. He's 70, 78? Six or something, yeah. 70. Yeah. Anyway, he's mid to late 70s, and he looks like he looks a lot better than most people I know. You know the one match I want to see, but we probably never will? What? Think of two old guys who had matches on WrestleMania weekend. Who's old? McMahon and... And Austin. Well, no. Someone from uh, Bloodsport. Do you want to see Vince McMahon versus Minoru Suzuki? Yes. Oh fuck! I, I want to see. I want to see it. I really want to see it. Uh. <laughs> I, I want to see um, Vince McMahon versus what? What's the young fella's name? Nick Wayne. <laughs> I, I want to see the complete contrast. I want to see like this seventy-six-year-old man versus a sixteen-year-old kid. Oh gosh! Uh, so McMahon gets the win here by hook or by crook, uh, celebrating, sort of gloating over Pat. He fucking then... ruins it when Austin Theory's music hits and he starts to sell, and then he realizes, oh no, it's not that music yet. It's wrong, Austin's music. So I've got to stop pretending to be surprised now. <laughs> Did you notice that? A little bit, yeah. Yeah. Oh, well. Um, so, where the heck was I? Yes. Austin! It's Austin! Yeah. Comes uh, down. Surprised the shit out of me. I don't know why, but I was surprised. <laughs> Comes down, attacks Austin. Austin's attacking Austin! Uh, stunner of the century. Uh Goes to offer a beer to McMahon. What uh, what was this a callback to? <laughs> the first time. They did mention it on commentary. I just didn't take note. Oh, they've done this quite a few times, though. Yeah. With Austin and Vince. Yeah. They said 98 something or other. I, can't, I didn't oh, take note of it. Oh, they were um, 97, I believe. Yeah. Because it was very similar to the first ever stunner on McMahon, which the first one was horrible, and the last one was just as horrible, if not worse. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, Austin stuns McMahon here, invites Pat back in the ring, they share a beer, crowd goes home happy. Ah, uh, fucking yeah. Pat rolling around unconscious on the floor drinking beer. <laughs> That camera okay. shot was so fucking great. Oh, boy. Um, but it is time for your main event of the evening. The, the 
This the is gra- the, the biggest WrestleMania match of all time. <sighs> I'd say it definitely felt like the biggest WrestleMania match of the weekend. <laughs> I don't even think so, man. Honestly, I saw more talk about Seth going into WrestleMania than this. Yeah. Just judging from what I saw online. Yeah, it's a bit hard for me to say because I have been offline for the better part of a week. Yeah. Because, like, I don't know. I didn't give a shit about this match going into it. I was hoping it would be good because they had the potential to be good. But, like, the last week of this build has sort of been a bit lackluster. Like, they both show up on Raw, and it's meant to be a blood feud, but they're in completely different segments, and neither one tries to interrupt the other one's promo. Mm. Yep. Uh, So this goes wherever the hell my thing is. Uh, So it is Brock Lesnar, the defending WWE champion, against Roman Reigns, the defending Universal champion in a unification match. Uh, Only four champions have held the title longer than Roman. That being Pedro Morales, Bob Backlund, Hulk Hogan, Santino, not Santino. <laughs> I wish. Bruno. Bruno San Martino. Sorry. Uh, wrong. Wrong. Uh, wrong Italian. <laughs> Alleged Italian. Yeah. Yeah. Um, A lot of these God. foreigners seem to come through way of Canada. It must have something to do with the empire. Yes. Yes. Um, how is Jinder Mahal doing? <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, I still think on paper, when they talk biggest WrestleMania match in history, WrestleMania 6, and then you go your Rock Austins and... Yeah. I mean, I mean it, it all starts with Hogan Andre. WrestleMania 3? Yeah. Did that main event? Yeah. Okay. Because that was like Andre, who had allegedly never been beaten for 30 years or whatever they said, against Hogan. Andre had never turned heel. Allegedly. Allegedly, yeah. (laughs) Andre had never been slammed. Allegedly. Who is it? Um, (laughs) Occasionally goes on post in Sunday night's main event. Um, Pat LaPrade wrote that Andre the Giant book. That's a book I really have on my wrestling book list. I just need to pull my finger out and get it. Um, I found this main event really good. Like, at least bell to bell. It was all right. Yeah. yeah. I just, um, it, it's been hyped up as the biggest WrestleMania match of all time, and they both come out and they just have the same old entrance. Yeah. Like, I feel uh, like that's a missed opportunity. You could have done something special for Roman. Maybe you don't need to do something special for Brock because his character doesn't need a whole heap of grandiose spectacle. But for Roman, you could have. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know. Um, It was what it was. Roman getting a low blow on Brock behind the ref's back. I don't recall who the ref was. At one point, the ref is down for a Brock count. Um, yeah. It, it was what it was. Roman gets the win here. Roman's your unified champion, and we go off the air. The uh, unified universal champion, which was the surprising part to me. They yeah, keep, he... 
they're keeping the universal part, but then I thought about it and I was like, oh, it's so they can keep Roman's reign. It's so they can keep that reign going. If they do that, they're going to do what New Japan did and get rid of all their lineage of their past champions. Yeah, so then they can set new records with a newer belt. Uh, stupid. Um, so, WWE stated crowd, 78,453. So they stated night two was attended by more people. Care to guess uh, what Wrestling Observer reported? Wasn't it less? Yes, it is less than night one. Yeah, wasn't it like 66 or something? Oh, you are very close. 65,653 people. Yeah, yeah. Why? 65,719. I mean, both impressive feats for that many people in their own. I do not understand why they still live when they're a public. I, I, I think the issue is they wanted people to perceive, people watching at home to perceive that night two was bigger because the main event was hyped as the biggest match of all time. And uh, this is why you don't fucking hype wrestling matches as the, you know, the greatest wrestling match ever or the biggest WrestleMania match of all time because it never lives up to expectations. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but New Japan English never hyped up Okada Omega as the greatest <laughs> wrestling match, did they? No. No. They did after the bell rang. Yeah. Which is fine. You're allowed mm, to man. do that. Um, yeah. So, this show, I felt free beers. Um, yeah, I'll give it three as well. Like, I just wish night two and night one swapped cards but kept the same main events. And then you swap um, and you also keep like Logan Paul on night one and you keep Austin versus Pat Mac- McAfee on night two. But you have, and you keep the same main events but everything else swaps. Yep then I think you would have had the greatest WrestleMania of all time because everything would have built. Yeah. Uh, so we are up to the final event of the weekend. Jeez. It is Monday. That means Raw After Mania, episode number 1,506 for those keeping score at home. Uh, reported matches taped for main event are Apollo Crews versus Niles Plunkett. <laughs> okay. And... Uh, T-Bar versus Shelton Benjamin. Oh, poor T-Bar. I'm just going to go through everything here, and then we can touch on a couple of things and uh, finish up. So we have uh, the show opens, WrestleMania recap. Cody comes out to speak, talks about um, Dusty and MSG during 1977, uh, his WWF heavyweight championship match against superstar Billy Graham in the garden. Uh, saying that even though he won, it was champion's advantage that he won via, I think, count out in the uh, first encounter. Yeah. Uh, uh, so great promo. Oh, yeah. Cody's been back three days at this point and had a 
great match and a great promo. Uh, yeah, would you say this is the best promo we've seen on WWE television in a year? Best since I left the pandemic center. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. Like, since we've been back on the road, like, yeah, this has been the best. Uh, okay. First match of the night, non-title women's tag team match that saw Naomi and Sasha Banks defeat Liv Morgan and Rhea Ripley, and Rhea walks out on Liv. Maybe, maybe if you had been together longer, I would care. Um, there's, and then by, I'll just quickly go over, uh, by the end of the night, they're best friends again, and they're getting a tag title shot next week, even though they just lost to the champs. Um, there's also a rumor going around that Rhea Ripley's going to turn heel and join Edge's stable. I mean, she does suit that spooky goth. Like... Like Rhea Ripley and Damien Priest like hanging out, like that works. Yeah. That works. Uh where else are we? Um Kevin Owen comes out to talk and we see that they're booing Ezekiel. <laughs> I loved this. I mean, uh, this was done with such a wink and a smirk. Like this was like done in such a self-aware fashion where like Ezekiel's like me? No, no, I'm clearly not Elias. He... I'm Elias's younger brother. Ezekiel. Like, clearly, I, I look different. Yeah. Elias's uh, hair was longer. Elias had a beard. A singles match of Miz defeating Dominic Mysterio. And then finally, Veer has arrived on Raw to deliver a beatdown. Yeah, sure. At least he's here now, I guess. Yeah, at least we don't have to watch those vignettes anymore. Uh, Bianca Belair is in ring talking. What a mm. shiner she has. Uh, yeah. Very, very similar to Becky post... Oh, well, it wasn't even post Survivor Series. It was in the lead-up to Survivor Series with Nia Jax. Yeah. Uh, then a WWE NXT Championship match of Dolph Ziggler with Robert Roode ringside. Dolph being the <laughs> champion. <laughs> Have you seen the show yet? Yeah, yeah. It's just okay. like, why the fuck did this happen? Versus Bron Breaker. And I've gone, why is this happening? Oh, I guess they're just running it back, uh, giving Braun a bit of shine on Raw before he makes his official call-up. I'm going to go and get a drink from the fridge and, you know, I go give Hamish a pat and I'll come back. I had zero care for this match. And I've got noted here, seen Braun lose two days ago. Guess they're bringing him up to Raw now. Well, not <laughs> as Braun defeats Dolph Ziggler and he's now NXT champ winning on Raw. Well, well, quickly, <clears throat> yeah. because we're not going to talk about this week's NXT, but... Hell no. Uh, um, well, at least, like, you know, NXT TakeOver, standard, uh, NXT Standard Deliver, they did an okay job of getting some wins under Gunther's belt so they can eventually build up to a pay-per-view match for the title with Bron Breaker and Gunther. That was my exact thoughts. It's like, they got to build up to that. Next night on NXT, Gunther versus Bron Breaker with an hour's notice for the title on NXT and Bron Breaker wins clean. 
So they've already wasted you, you, that you, match you, you, too. What? Yeah, and guess what happened after the match? What? They cut to a video backstage, and Rick Steiner, I'm not even joking, this is a real thing that happened. Rick Steiner is congratulating Bron on winning the match, and then they zoom out to show that Rick Steiner is tied to a chair and in a cell, like a, in basically like one of those shark cages... And he's been kidnapped by Joe Gacy and the big, bald, snitsky-looking dude. <laughs> what the fuck is going on in NXT? <laughs> the fucking weirdest shit I've ever seen. Can we uh, partake in something and then watch NXT? Because uh, with I mean, their colour scheme, I think it invites that. Yeah, it's psychedelic, dude. Anyway, uh, back to Raw. Uh, Bobby Lashley celebrates defeating Omos with MVP. But it's a swerve, bro, as MVP turns on Lashley to join Omos. Okay. I mean, whatever. Omos needs a mouthpiece. Lashley doesn't really. No. Carmella and Selena argue in ring. Uh, Of course, Carmella taking time off now IRL because she got married this week. Uh, Usos and Austin Fury are discussing things backstage, which leads into their six-man tag team match of them defeating US champ Finn Balor and Raw Tag Team champs RK Bro. Uh, yeah. I enjoyed the match. It was very Young Busk, Young Buck esque. Yeah, it was really fucking good. Yeah. Um, I think they're going to unify the tag belts. Yeah, I, I don't know what the hell this company's doing anymore. Um, we then had Edge talk. Blah, blah, blah. Priest is like me. Crowd chants, we don't care. And I wrote, same. I don't care. <laughs> yeah, then the like crowd, the crowd is so not into this Edge character. <laughs> then the crowd chants, we are losers. And I'm just like, um, <laughs> that's a first. Yeah. Uh, then AJ runs down and yeah, stuff happens. Uh, main event. In ring match was the Texas Tornado tag team match of the Street Profits, Angelo Dawkins and Montez Ford, defeating Alpha Academy, Chad Gable and Otis. Uh, show closed with Roman Reigns uh, talking in the main event with uh, Bloodline. It was nothing. It was yeah, a fine. nothing promo. Oh, yeah, it was absolutely nothing. He said, Oh, you, I know what you want me to say. Uh, Paul, tell him stuff. Yeah, and then it was just like, Raw after Mania was so disappointing this year. It, like, thank God the Cody promo happened. Do you know what the dark match was for the crowd live in attendance? Yeah, I've watched it. <laughs> How did you watch Fan Cam? Fan Cam. Okay, so I watched it Fan is Cam. Kevin Owens versus Cody Rhodes <laughs> in his second match back in the company. This fucking company. Why are they not? Building. Uh, uh, I mean, I it's a know. dark match. It's a dark match. Technically, it never happened. Um, they're probably going to do Kevin versus Cody as Cody's next feud. I forgot like to say uh, at the end of the Cody promo, Seth Rollins shook Cody's hand, which kind of surprised me. Shades of Chris Jericho. Yeah, I guess. Look out, he's going to turn on you. Uh, no. um, 
I did note this down. Jimmy Smith saying, quote, greatness on another level. God mode on Monday Night Raw. Um, what does that spell out, Alex? Greatness on another level. Goal. Yep. <laughs> oh, it's meant to be greatness on a different level. Yep. <laughs> Goal! Uh, <laughs> that's actually a good thing for a uh, indie wrestler to use. So there you are, indie yeah, wrestlers you of the world. Yeah. Oh, Goal, can, easy um, chant. What's his name? Uh, Marcus Cool. That should be his oh. name. Okay, somebody get in touch with Marcus Cool, uh, the hooligan, and uh, we can pass that on to him. Yeah. Uh, now, yeah. Uh, I thought this Raw after Mania sucked. Cody's promo, though, great. Uh, I said two beers overall. There was nothing else on here worth checking I, out. I found the Ezekiel thing amusing. <laughs> yeah, that was funny, but all that stuff was in the first hour. Yeah, I mean, yeah, fuck. Like, you had two more hours. Like, remember when Raw After Mania was, like, exciting because, like, oh, we're going to see, like, fresh and new feuds get started. Like, no new feuds got started. Like, it was just leftover shit from WrestleMania carrying on. Yeah. Like, oh, I boy. guess we're going to get a Kevin. Oh, Kevin's not going to feud with Cody. He's going to feud with Ezekiel, probably. But. Yep. Oh, my God. Um. Over under on how long it takes Cody to win the world title because it's happening. Like a after year. that promo, it has to happen. I, I'm saying it happens at SummerSlam. Where are they SummerSlam this year? Have they said? I don't know. Is don't there know. any pay per views coming up in the garden? Because if it's in the garden, that's where I'd probably oh, consider it yeah, with that promo. Cool. Yeah, I mean, that's the. They don't really do pay per views at the garden anymore. I know, but. um, They should. They, they should just fucking book the, the garden and let Cody win it there. Um, do a title uh, also, change on a house show. It's good for business once in a while. Also, I'm calling that this year at SummerSlam, Rhea Ripley beats Bianca for the title in a squash. And they basically do the exact same thing with Rhea and. Uh, with Bianca and Becky, that they they're gonna do it with Rhea and Bianca now, because that's that's what they're gonna do for Mania next year: Rhea Ripley versus Bianca Belair. Uh, anything else you want to touch on? Because I have an Iron Man of the weekend that I um chose. Iron Man, uh, go ahead. So, with nine matches this weekend, uh, versing Yuya Yiramura at Bloodsport. Bendito at WrestleCon March Hitchcock Memorial Super Show. Effie at Zicky Dykes at Dice's Trouble in Paradise 2. My apologies for pronunciation. Versus Alex Shelley at Impact Wrestling Multiverse of Matches. Versus Jay White at New Japan Strong Lone Star Shootout. Versus Jordan Oliver at GCW Joe Janela Spring Break Part 2. Uh, versus Cole Roderick at Unsanctioned Pro Mulligan. Versus Davey Richards at WrestleCon USA versus World, and then teaming with Davey Richards versus the Work Workhorseman at Black Label Pro Norm. Nine matches this weekend. Speedball Mike Bailey. What a fucking star, man. Yep. 
He's, he's so signed good. to uh, Impact, I believe. Yeah, like, but not like an exclusive contract because they don't do exclusives anymore. Yeah. Um. So that's cool. Um. Yeah. Big fan. Big fan. I do have a lot of other things here, like all my match ratings and um, how I ranked each event in order and all that. I'll post that up on the Facebook over the next couple of days. Um, Show of the weekend. Gut feeling as it was all happening live, I've listed these. Ring of Honor, Supercard of Honor. Yeah, um, I I enjoy Ring of Honor. I have for the past ten years. It's sad to see what it's become, but and it's sad there was no real announcement of what's to happen. At least on Supercard of Honor, maybe there was an AEW this week. I haven't seen yet, but um, no, there yeah. isn't. But um, no. they sh- <laughs> what the fuck happened to Todd Sinclair though? Come on, man. Yeah. He didn't rep any matches at Supercard of Honor. At least we got That's Bobby Cruz. At least we That's got Bobby Cruz as a ring announcer. The voice of Ring of Honor Wrestling. Um, it's the ring announcer, not the commentator. I don't know if this is a hot take or not, but my my personal favorite, in my opinion, the most fun I had watching wrestling all weekend was WrestleMania Night One. Yeah, that's fair enough. Um, especially because, like, first viewing, I didn't even watch Charlotte and Ronda. So I had a very enjoyable experience. I literally watched Charlotte and Ronda this afternoon for the first time because I was avoiding it. (laughs) But, (laughs) you know, just watch what you like. But, yeah, um, Superstar of the Weekend. Oh. Like, who was my MVP of the weekend? Like, like Christian's up there. Arjunai Kai's up there. Mike Bailey's up there. But I've I've loved every match Tony Deppin had over the weekend. So, shout out to Tony Deppin. Yeah, that's a good choice too. Uh, Should we wrap things up? Yeah, let's do it. It is getting late over here. But, hey, we're on the same time zones now, so we're not going to get confused when we set up recording times. (laughs) Yes, yes. Uh, But briefly on that, if you've made it through this far, thank you. Uh, At the moment, we're kind of scaling back a little bit. Uh, My laptop is basically dead. Yeah, and I have no technology ability at all to be able to get this show out to the humans so yeah so we're just doing the raps and the fugs and maybe the occasional other show uh of course the invites there for dan the man to uh come back if yeah, he we'll, wants uh, we'll we'll get him back yes yes he was a very good guest go check out episode 180 but at the moment it is just going to be raps and fugs maybe the occasional bonus but um yeah, so that's it at the moment until I get this uh, PC situation sorted. Not PCO. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> where can the good humans find you and talk about uh, how much they loved Charlotte and Rhonda to you? Oh, my God, please. Slide into my DMs. Tell me about why Charlotte's moonsault is the greatest moonsault of all time. 
and its name is clearly the didn't get all of it moonsault because that's what they call it every fucking time. Um, didn't get all of it. She lands on her fucking feet instead of going onto the person. Fucking stupid. Anyway, at Fruity's Alex, Instagram and Twitter, uh, you can find, um, fuck, I'm so pissed off by the Charlotte comment. Um, you can find the Smack It Down podcast at Sid underscore pod on Twitter. You can find us at WrestleOzStyle with an AUS on Instagram and Twitter. Search us up on Facebook, WrestlingOzStyle. And you can find Chris at... at I'm Chris Funder on Twitter. Come tell me why there is more than two Royal Families of Wrestling or however the song goes, something, something, Cody Rhodes. You can come watch me game on Twitch. Yes, I'm back on Twitch a couple of times a week. Uh, Twitch.tv forward slash Chris Funder. As you're listening to this, I've probably already been live on the uh, 9th, Saturday, the 9th. Uh, what else do I say? Uh, you can listen to the archive, uh, SoundCloud, Google Podcasts, Podbean, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, or using the RSS feed, found the show notes below. Yes, I'm aware there's an issue with Podbean at the moment. I was unaware until I went to upload the episode last week. I've posted about it on socials. I'm looking into it. Hopefully, it'll be fixed by the time you hear this one. Nothing left to say, but good day, and we'll speak to you next time. This might have been my favourite weekend of wrestling in years. Yeah, I, I can't wait until you take the uh, the Iron Man task of reviewing everything next year and spend two days watching every single show of the collective and WrestleCon and WWE. I mean, yeah, I'll pro- I'll organise another holiday for myself. <laughs> it's only 181 matches over 61 hours. What are you talking about? Oh my god, adrenaline in Chris's soul. He watched too much wrestling on the weekend. He's slowly gonna go insane. Whoa! Whoa.